When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Now to Capitol Hill, where Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was pressed repeatedly today about his decision to hand over 44,000 hours of video from January 6th to Fox. Overnight, selected pieces of that video were described as peaceful and respectful from January 6th. Speaker McCarthy, why are you releasing those tapes to Fox, sir? With a number of asylum seekers coming to the city nearing 50,000, the mayor has laid out a new blueprint for coping with the problem that has created a humanitarian crisis. The mayor intends to create a new agency devoted entirely to asylum seekers, build a new 24-7 arrival center away from the Port Authority bus terminal, and launch a job training program with SUNY Sullivan. Good day to be Daniel Jones. The quarterback and the Giants have reached a long-term agreement, four-year deal with a base value of $160 million. They have wanted to keep both players, and that deal with Jones allows them, or puts them in position, to keep both players on and I guess that Saquon Barkley's not particularly pleased about the franchise tag. I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend. Cause I've heard it all before, and I've been down there on the floor. No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I'm wise But it's wisdom for the pain Yes, I paid the price But look how much I gained If I have to, I can do anything I am strong Oh, you know it's going to be a great day when you hear Helen Reddy at 6.04 on your hump day Wednesday morning. The great Helen Reddy. I am woman on this International Women's Day. We celebrate it here on Sid and Friends and all day long on WABC. In fact, if you go to page 22 in today's New York Post, and I talk about this all the time, whether it's uh, promoting Sid and Friends in the Morning or any one of the shows on this station, John Katzenmatidis has done a spectacular job, something we used to beg for. Back in the old days at Cumulus, me and Bernie begged to get any promotion. Give us something, Mary Burner, Mike McVeigh, somebody give us something. And we got nothing. We got nothing. That billboards of Boomer and Craig selling booze over the Lincoln Tunnel. We got nothing. And uh, here comes John Katsimatidis, and at least once a week, I think now twice a week, Wednesday and Sunday, there's always a big, beautiful color ad in the New York Post promoting something. And, of course, today, again, we are celebrating International Women's Day, the Grand Marshal. She will join me coming up at 925 this morning, my friend Cindy Adams, 
But then uh, pictures of a whole bunch of women, Margot Katsimatidis, you'll hear from her about three times on this morning show today, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Miranda Devine, Rita Cosby, all the women that work at the station are, um, are in this paper. There's 14 pictures of all, 15 including Cindy Adams. So again, today we celebrate women uh, on this show, specifically today, we will talk, as I said, uh, Cindy Adams coming up at 925, Laura Curran who hosts a very popular podcast here and now has her own show on Sundays, along with my friend Andrew Giuliani back in studio and others. She's on at 9.05 this morning. Emily Pankow, Red Apple Council, love her. She's on at 7.25 this morning. And I have an exclusive conversation coming up with the commissioner of the Sanitation Department, Jessica Tisch, and that's at 7.40. Of course, Mayor Eric Adams, three women in charge of the police the fire and sanitation, Keyshawn Shule, police, Kavanaugh going through hell with the FDNY and Tish sanitation. All women, uh, Eric Adams, has appointed to those three major jobs. And, of course, on this day, that turns out to be a very big deal. So we'll celebrate all day long. We've got Peter King also coming on today. Noam and John Katsimatidis, the aforementioned, kicking off the big celebration, as he always does coming up at 7.05 this morning. You know, for me at least, and we'll get to Andrew here in a moment, but for me, growing up in a house with three sisters, no brothers, my older sister, Alana, my middle sister, Ray Sherry, and my baby sister, who lives in Parkland, Lizzie, I had three sisters, and my mother, Naomi, who you guys have grown to love on this show, she's a cult hero, clearly a very, very strong, very opinionated woman, And then I marry just an unbelievable woman, strong, gorgeous, opinionated, brilliant, on a flight right now, coming home from Japan. She'll be home tonight. I can't wait. Danielle. And, uh, of course, you all heard my daughter Ava yesterday on this show from Wales, just outside of London. Also, beautiful, smart, opinionated. So my whole life I've been around very strong and smart and very impressive women. So this is, uh, and, and as John likes to say, jokes around, Sid likes the ladies. This is a, an important day for me, for all of us, and women in my life, again, from Naomi to Danielle to Ava to my three sisters, play such an important role every day that a lot of days we got caught up in some of these, you know, these days we, we pay respect to a bunch of folks, and not everybody's all that enthusiastic on all these days, but I think most of us realize that in our lives, we've all got at least one, if not ten, very powerful, important women who deserve this day, who deserve this month. I know you do, Andrew. Your mom, for example, Donna Hanover, what a great lady. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was such a, a key to uh, raising myself and my sister. And, you know, when you think about kind of the, the unique way that uh, my sister and I were raised in the public eye, the way we were, um, she made it so important that we had, uh, you know, a semblance of normalcy, if you will. And what I mean by that is obviously making sure we were spending time with our cousins, making sure we were going out and seeing uh, her side of the family lives in California. So we'd get out there at least once a year to go and see her parents and her parents would come, uh, my grandparents on her side, a couple times a year. And, and uh, she made sure that we were doing those things. Uh, and any time, by the way, that we had a little bit of ego, any time that we thought that we were a little bigger than the, than we would, she would make sure she laid down the discipline on us. And she didn't do it in like a like a hitting kind of way, um, but she was always she always made sure 
that we knew that we need to treat people the way that we wanted to be treated. And so she's uh, an important influence in my life, a very important influence in my life. Obviously, my wife is somebody who I, I look up to who had to go through challenges that, uh, that I can only imagine. I've been handed many things in my life. Uh, my wife has had to earn everything, so I look up to her. And now as the uh, son of a baby daughter, uh, this, this holiday means more to me. I wouldn't say holiday. This, this day of uh, uh, honor to our women means more to me than uh, probably did a couple years ago. And you, Lou, you've got a uh, great, strong woman in your life, MJ, known her for many, many, many years. How long are you with MJ now? For about 20 years, Lou? Maybe Almost. less. No, it's less. Maybe 15? Yeah, six, 16 now, I think. Is it 16 years? I think. Wow. That's the number. It's 16. Yeah. I think we celebrated that the last year. Nice! So yeah. you, you're, uh, you're good with this day, then. I yep. think it's great. Oh, you do? Okay. I'm sending her a nice text right now. Because you always bitch about Valentine's Day being a hallmark holiday, all that, all that stupid stuff that men say, but you're okay with this day today. You're good with it. Uh, yes, but well, not much I could do about it. So no, there's not. No, <laughs> the, only, the only person that no petitions. The only person no. that was outwardly annoyed by this day. Oh, let me and, try to guess. Well, exactly. If, if okay. I gave the audience no, this is easy. one guess, we have the second place trophy for him, By the way, <laughs> yeah. Phil, why are you um, seemingly? <laughs> I couldn't begr- guess. <laughs> begrudgingly celebrating this day. Your mom is an important woman. You've got that girlfriend, I guess. No, sure. No. Above that, I mean, the girlfriend. What, what, what am I supposed to do? Well, I don't know. Just pay honor to the people that you love, the women in your life. Your mom has done good things for you, no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she yeah, listening? Does yeah, she probably. listen every day? Yeah, Does your mom listen every day? She listens on her drive to on, to drive to work. So now, what time is she in the car? I, probably around now, actually. Yeah. Usually the first. So hour. you think that if she listens to this, she's going to be happy that her son was so unenthusiastic and gave me basically a. Eh. <laughs> I think she's excited to hear my voice all, whenever she gets the chance. I don't think she really doesn't care. what I'm saying. The content doesn't matter. No. It's just so if you voice. said, for example, Mom, I hate you, she wouldn't care because... She'd be like, that's my son. That's my son, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're a strange family. I gotta she's be got honest, a lot to be but... proud of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do today? Like, I get it. It's a day. It's we're, we're honoring... Like, someone like you, you're in a position where you could honor people. Right. You, know, you have them on your show and you... Projected like me, like what am I going to do? You're on go... the show. Wish your mom a happy International Women's Day. Maybe think of one or two women that uh, you would like to honor. The, the, you have a little platform now. It's not a platform that Sid has, but you've got a little piece of the platform. Yes. You got you know a, a little uh, modicum, if you will. I'm gonna. I know. I know. I figured out. What I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to the bodega today. I'm gonna hold the door for only women go. and slam like in the that. face of guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Help some old lady walk across the street. Yeah, well, I'd help like you know people who who need help when I see them yeah. any day. You should do that every day anyway. Yeah. Well, you should. Yeah, yes. day. Oh, this, right. this old no, woman is falling over. It's not National Women's Day. I can't help her up. The reason we have to have a day like this is because we have not been treating each other so well. Oh, you're 100% like, that's, right. That's the reason. 100% have, right. I mean, it shouldn't have to come to, oh, a, a Women's Day, uh, Black History Month. Everybody should just be treated. If we had been treating everybody kindly and the in the proper way, we wouldn't have to have special days here, special days there. Here's a month where you treat this person nice. Yeah. No, it should be... A regular thing. Uh, listen, look, you're, you're 100% and right now. It, and that's how I've lived. Uh, so. so have I. <laughs> but I'm on record saying that these month deals I'm not a fan of. Black History Month, no thank you. Give me a day. I don't care if it's Jews, whites, blacks, gays. I don't care. One day is plenty. 
Uh, and it's good to do it for one day because there are people that every now and then we lose sight of how impressive they are, good, what they've done the for point. us. Yeah, that's I'm okay true. with one day. I mean, look, 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 look what a great job Kamala Harris has done. That's no, a very impressive. Yes, yes. Janet she's, Yellen. She's and, done so much. <laughs> yeah. Porter, it's great. I've never with heard a better laugh. Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. I mean, look at all these fine ladies. AOC. Of, <laughs> AOC. <laughs> AOC. Hey, exactly. Liz Pipko loves AOC. That was Get one of the out of here. Oh my god! Really? One of the greatest conversations ever. Oh my goodness! Oh, somebody, Hillary. Yeah, she loves she Hillary too. Hillary. She goes, she's, yeah. a, she's a Trump girl. She's what's a Joy, going Joy on? Behar too. She's one thousand percent. She's one thousand percent a Trump girl. Her <laughs> best friend is Laura Trump. Right. She talks to Donald Trump more than you do. <laughs> right. But sure, she I said think. when she has a moment of crisis, right. she often thinks as a woman, you can't make this up. What would Hillary Clinton no. do? I swear to God. She would she goes, <laughs> burn she goes, the 28,000 emails. That's what she would do. You'd burn the 28,000 with, with AOC, she said, listen, say what you want. Right. But she's the youngest person to get elected to that position. She's a woman. She was a bartender. So you may think what she says is stupid, if not dangerous. Mm-hmm. But you can't argue the power she has. A, and I couldn't argue that either. She's right about that. AOC has charisma, right? Yes. And she uses that charisma, unfortunately, to try to destroy our Evil. Republican democracy. Yeah. Uh, but she does she does have charisma. Well, that right? was her point. If yeah. she didn't have yeah. charisma, then she wouldn't be in the position right. that she's in to so be that such was her point. So she, she, she says, I, I have to be somewhat impressed. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the listeners get all angry. Oh, my God, get her off the air. Bring on somebody. Because they just don't get it. You know, yeah, the, I don't the Hillary care. one, though, I... I know. Uh, I'm with you, too. I, the Hillary one. I'm like, I hate Hillary. Yeah. Joy Behar. Yeah, Joy. Oh she said, goodness. if I went for lunch with Joy Behar, I think we'd have a lot of laughs. Oh, I swear she said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'd be angry party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been waiting for this day a long time, Liz Pipko, and it's about time oh, you God. responded to my texts. So, and yes. how do you work with that wretched Sid Rosenberg every, I do not know. That's but, what you would say, exactly that. That's yes. what, however, it leads to his own. That's how I see it. <laughs> All right, so we got uh, International Women's Day again. We're going to talk to John Katsimatidis, Emily Pankow, the commissioner of the sanitation department. I call them the big three, Shul, uh, Kavanaugh, and Tish. She'll join us at 740, Laura Curran and Cindy Adams. But yesterday, after the radio show, Lisa Orban, who I worked with 23 years ago when I got the morning show at WNEW with Scott Kaplan, 102.7 back in 2000. Eventually, uh, Scott left. They brought in Craig Carton. You know all these names. But Lisa Orban was one of the top salespeople back at WNEW back then. So I've been friendly with Lisa for 23 years. And now she came here to work at WABC a couple of months ago. And one of the accounts that she brought over is this RPM Raceway. And she's been making me crazy for months to go out to this place yeah. and race some go-karts. And, and uh, I'd say I've canceled about five times. <laughs> some of that was my fault. Some was actually your One fault, was too. Me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. want, they wanted me and you, me and Andrew, to go out there together. So yesterday, finally, after the radio show, we made our way, me and Andrew and Lisa, to Jersey City and uh, the RPM Raceway. Now, the guy who owns it, he's a great guy, an Israeli guy, Eyal. He owns five of them. Syracuse, Poughkeepsie, Farmingdale, Stanford, right? Stanford, Connecticut, and Jersey City. Very yeah. good. 
And uh, Andrew and I raced him in the cars. I came in dead last. I was just happy to finish. He won. Andrew came in second. But the place is great. You got go-karts. You have all these uh, arcade games. They've got food. They've got drinks. They've got prizes when you collect tickets for the arcade games. When you walk in... You're like it's like walking into a casino. Yeah, it's loud. It's lit, lit up. It's exciting. I loved it. I yeah. know you did too. I thought about my wife's little cousin, who's you know 12 years old, and I was like, this kid would absolutely love this. Not just from the go kart, so it's not just go karts. You got all the arcade games. It's like a Dave and Buster's on steroids, basically. Yes. It was spectacular. Yeah. A lot of fun. Be great for a corporate retreat and all that. I'm looking forward to going back. I'm going to bring back. My wife's family and uh, any adolescents that I know of, I'm going to yeah. take take over there. I'm Not actually I... going to make uh, Gabriel's 15th birthday party this November at yeah. that place. We talked about that. It sounded kind of weird, though. I said any adolescents that I know yeah, I'm going to take there. I shouldn't be taking adolescents anywhere. That's why I kind of told kind of weird. Right? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Sounds great. Thanks for taking but me we, out. But there. we knew what you meant. Uh, yeah, your heart's thank in the right place. I appreciate it. So it's a it's a fun place. RPM Raceway again. Five of them. We went to the Jersey City one yesterday. Al will join me in studio coming up at 9:05 on Friday. Tell you folks about one of the funnest, if that's a word, funnest places in the tri-state area, the RPM Raceway. So, International Women's Day, fantastic. RPM Raceway, fantastic. We'll get to that story, that Kendrick Perkins, J.J. Reddick, Charles Barkley story. My Knicks, I don't know what happened last night. They're up by 16 at the half. R.J. Barrett is killing them. Emmanuel Quickly's having a big second quarter. And the Hornets who record-wise are one of the worst teams in the NBA, are not supposed to come back from 16 down on the road at halftime and beat a Knicks team that was looking for their 10th consecutive win. But they did outscore the Knicks in a big way in the second half, beat the Knicks 112-105. to So Knicks are done. They're going nowhere. It's over. <laughs> One half. 24 <laughs> minutes, and that's it. We're, that's, we're, we're doing it in. That was we, the beauty of working at WFAN with yeah. Joe Beningo. Like, the Jets would win a big game, and they're like, bro, these guys are going to be good. And if they lose the next week, it's like, they'll never win again. <laughs> so, here yesterday, I berated Macedonia Phil. I kicked his ass on the air for not giving my Knicks enough credit. They lose to the lowly Hornets, blow a huge lead. So the first thing when I walked in this morning, I said to Phil was, Knicks are done. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I really was disappointed. That was a horrible loss last night. No reason they, even coming into the game, like uh, you know, ignore the, the fact that they had a 16-point lead, but coming into the game, they should not have lost to the Hornets that are no, you know, know. without LaMelo Ball. and barely, They're the second-worst team in the league right yeah. now. It's, i got to give Wally Zerbiak credit. He did the game with uh, my friend uh, Albert, uh, Kenny Albert, not Marv, obviously. And he kept saying, he goes, be careful. They still get paid money. They're still pro basketball players. I know their record is 20 and 46. They've only won nine games all year on the road, but be careful. They're still pros. And sure enough, they came back and bit them in the ass in that second half. But you can appreciate that. I mean, Andrew, even the guy coming off the the 13th guy, remember the Nets had a guy, his name was Brian Scalabrini. Mm -hmm. He went to USC, was a really good basketball player. Was loved. Loved. Every time he came in the game, there was like a sarcastic chant, applause. And I kept saying to people, do you understand that the 13th player coming off the bench yeah. for an NBA team is a million times better than you? Yeah. So while you're laughing at players like Derek Rose and Brian Scalabrini, if you make an NBA roster, you're a world-class ball player. You're incredible. So the Hornets may have only won nine games all year on the road, but these are pro players. Yeah. They're getting paid, too. And Zerbiak kept saying the Knicks better be careful 
and he was right. It's funny you mentioned uh, Scalabrini too, because like two years ago, you know, an old Scalabrini has been retired for like a decade. There was a video of him playing pickup against some kid that was some college kid that was like you know calling him out, and he beat him twenty one nothing. He did. Right? So that's just what it is. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. Perfect that example. Yeah. That's and I know the NFL a lot better than I know the NBA, but that's why they always say at least the sharps. You know, if you look at it, they're always if there's if they're a double digit underdog in the NFL, be careful. You play the underdog. Be you careful. play the underdog because yeah. I mean, there's just the talent. It's too close. Even a team that's won three or four games, a lot of times you'll see them lose by a touchdown. Oh yeah, it's a closer game than you think because there's just not that big of a talent difference. Well, there was big NFL news yesterday, oh, yeah. especially locally. Let's go to my uh, old buddy. We don't talk anymore. It's a long story. I've shared it already. Adam Schefter, ESPN. Lou Rufino, this is cut number fifteen. Breaking this NFL news to New York fans, specifically giant fans like me and Andrew Giuliani, that the quarterback is here to stay. Cut 15. Look, Field, the Giants prioritized this deal. And I think so much so probably is a bothersome to Saquon Barkley, but they've been working on this particular deal for a while now and talks heated up at the Combine where there are almost regular conversations. Daniel Jones' agents flew into New York. They spent last night, today there, going over the deal. They said it was going to go down to the wire, and sure enough, it did. The deal gets done shortly before the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline, which allows the Giants to then go out and use their franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. And a year ago, the Giants opted not to put the fifth-year option, pick it up on Daniel Jones. Now they're signing him to a four-year extension because they recognize his value and talents in Brian Dayball's system. He rose up and became the quarterback that they hoped he would be when they drafted him in the first round. And by getting that deal done, now they are able to pivot onto Saquon Barkley, use the tag there. They have wanted to keep both players, and that deal with Jones allows them or puts them in position to keep both players. Though I'm going to guess that Saquon Barkley is not particularly pleased right. about the franchise tag. Probably not. Uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, Adam Schefter, ESPN. Barkley gets about $10 million this mm-hmm. year, about a quarter of the money that Daniel Jones gets, but I've been asked this a hundred times since last night. People on the street literally stop me and go, Sid, is he worth $40 million? That's not the question. He's not worth $40 million. but it goes to show you it's an indictment of the quarterback play in the NFL. Yeah. Guy had one really good year, but it was in Brian Dayball's system. The question is, can you get somebody better? And the answer is probably not. No. So the Giants had no choice but to pay Daniel Jones the market value of $40 because that's what he's going to get anyway. So it's not a matter of whether or not he's worth it. It's it's the quarterback play in the NFL mm-hmm. has become so important. Ask Jet fans. Yeah. I heard Joe Nolan say earlier, he's right. If the Jets had a good quarterback last year, yeah, they're, they're in the playoffs. playoffs. Might be winning games in the playoffs. That's right. So is he worth it? Probably not. But did they have a choice? Absolutely not. Well, it's fascinating because if you look at if you can look at the last three years, you'd say no. But if you look at the last year and where he's trending to, you could say maybe they even got a deal on this thing. No. So it's really, really interesting to look at this. I mean, he's the seventh played uh, best quarterback over the last five games of the season. Take the Philly game out, but include the Minnesota game. He was the number one quarterback in the NFL last year. So he came up clutch. Time after time, when they needed to make the playoffs in that playoff but game, forty million dollars. It's forty a lot million of money. dollars, but but if you, you talk look, about five games, I mean, but, come on, but that's a lot of money. That's the new market that's resetting no, and the that's cap going saying. up. They so have a choice. Right. They have a choice, and, and don't forget too, he, he was throwing the football to guys like Richie James. Yeah, I mean, this guy didn't have a real big wide receiver exactly, and the Giants hopefully will address that. So, well, they had no choice. Uh-huh. So, Daniel Jones will be back. Saquon Barkley will be back, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets. 
flew out to California, met with the Green Bay Packer quarterback, and I would be surprised, not shocked, but surprised if Aaron Rodgers was not the next quarterback of the New York Jets. But we'll have to wait and see. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. International Women's Day here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. And throughout the day on WABC, great guests all day long. Andrew Giuliani back in studio. The number one talk show in New York City. That's us. And we're coming back on this big celebratory day. But if the hell and ready from these short messages. accident trust gabo law personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time gabo law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you but don't take our word for it read their five-star reviews from former clients on google avo and facebook call gabo law today 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. International Women's Day here on Sid and Friends and throughout the day on WABC. Again, on this show today, some uh, great women from Emily Pankow to Margot Katsimatidis, Laura Curran, Cindy Adams, the commissioner of the sanitation department, Jessica Tisch, all stopping by today. My mom's not coming because she doesn't care, bottom line. You know my mother. She can care less. She's more of a guy anyway, my mom. <laughs> How like, revealing is that? She's like, I'm proud to be a woman, but not. I don't care. Yeah, good, so. good for yeah. Naomi. Naomi. Yeah, That's she's it. out. Rock on. And Danielle, who is a very, very proud woman, and uh, every now and then we will fight about gender. Not often, but we will. She's on an airplane anyway, but she never comes on. So, remember one time I miss came close to getting her close. And then she decided the last minute not to. Believe in my 20-plus year radio career, Danielle has been on my shows once. And it was... Recently, right? No. Six years ago, April, when I uh, came to New York. The year I was here a year already. Mm-hmm. I came here in 2016. I was 49 years old. And a year in, 2017, I turned 50. And Bernie, my uh, late great partner, we all live this morning from the Bernard McGurk Studios. Bernie and Jill Vital had a big 50 birthday bash for me. We were at the old address, Madison Square Garden, and uh, Danielle sent the cake, and she did call in. Far as I can remember, in my 20-plus years, and all these great radio stations, it's the only time Danielle's been on the air, I think. Wow. It, 
I thought I saw something recently. Not to not to take away from that moment. Oh, she, that's beautiful. Oh, yo, Wasn't she on recently? She like was. in November or December? No, you're right. I'm an idiot. We had the radio thon. Yeah, that's right. She was on for that's two right. hours that's talking right. about uh, the charity which she actually started. Yeah. For my son Gabriel. Very right. good job, Andrew. You're right. That was uh, the second time, and she was in for like two hours. Mm-hmm. I forgot already. The uh, the dyspraxia radio thon. Right. She was actually in studio. Yeah, the whole thing looking beautiful. The whole thing. So you're right. She's been on twice, but otherwise, but that's a beautiful memory on. to have of her. Right? Yes, there. You think yes. about that. Yes. Not, not memory like it's in the bed, but I mean that moment. That's beautiful. Talking about memories, it was on this day, Andrew Giuliani. It was 52 years ago, to be exact. On this day in 1971, 52 years ago, I was three. They called it Lewis and Andrew, the fight of the century. I remember it well. I almost had tickets to it. You almost did, huh? Yeah, I did. After missing three and a half years because they revoked his boxing license because he refused to fight in Vietnam, Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali made his return to the ring right here at Madison Square Garden to take on Joe Frazier, smoking Joe Frazier, in the fight of the century on this day 52 years ago. So my father actually was in the upper bowl with his father, with my grandfather, who was a Golden Gloves fighter. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing was walking out, my grandfather said to my father, that's a great fighter. And my father well, thought Ali he meant Frazier. And he said, yeah, well, I mean, it was a great fight. You know, yeah, he pulled yeah, it out. He said, yeah. no, he said, Ali. Ali. The fact that yeah. he got up from that in the 15th round yeah. shows me he's a great fighter. And they were pulling for Frazier in the whole thing. Oh, yeah, they saw. were. Yeah. yeah. Also on this day, dating back uh, a little longer, in fact, it would be 106 years ago today, 1817, on this date. This is a huge one because I, I walked past it quite a bit. I used to, at least, when I went back to Queens to get the ferry, not now living in Battery Park. But on this date, 106 years ago, the New York Stock Exchange was formally created. Oh, okay. How about that? NYSE, 106 years ago today. Yeah, how about that? And Alan Greenspan was there. <laughs> yes, he was. And I believe his wife, Andrea Mitchell, was, was there, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She they, looks like uh, it. At least. They had yeah. a big bottle of champagne. And Andrea Mitchell was already angling for socialism. At oh, the time. no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. At least she's doing that now every yeah. day. <laughs> International Women's Day again. Check out today's colorful ad in today's New York Post, page 22. When our guest list starts at 7.05 with the great John Katsimatidis, the man has restored greatness at WABC. And then we go on a great run. Emily Pankow, Jessica Tisch, Noam Layden, Congressman Peter King. Laura Curran, Cindy Adams, traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. But it is Wednesday. That means it's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. Here, Frank Siller is going to tell us about his trip to Nashville last week. Hey, Frank, I love this place. How was Music City? Well, Sid, it was unbelievable. Tunnel to Towers was just in Nashville, Tennessee for a special Sounds in the Round event benefiting the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The group of country music performers and songwriters who gathered to perform to honor our military and first responders was incredible. We had Grammy Award winner Larry Gatlin was there, along with songwriter Phil O'Donnell. Phil had worked with stars like George Strait, Blake Shelton. It, it was incredible. Oh, I love Blake Shelton, so I'm jealous. Tell me more. Well, one of the 
performers, Shane Minor spent nine years as a police officer in L.A. before moving to singing full-time. He was great. And we were so honored to have fallen first respond. The home recipient, Kim Carson, was there. Her husband, Jeff, was a country singer before becoming a police officer right down there in Franklin, Tennessee. He died last year in the line of duty, and we paid off their family's mortgage afterwards. I'm asking everybody to go visit T2T.org for more information. And Sid, as always, thank you. Oh, thank you, Frank. Donate $11 a month today for America's Heroes. Do it at T2T.org. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find Pete Morgan dealer. just texted me. Yeah, what did he say? He says, uh, Mr. Peerless Boilers himself, Daniel Jones only counts $19 million against the cap. It is a great thing for our New York football giants. Yeah, and if he sucks, it's re- I guess it's really only a two-year deal, right? Right, right. So, and I, if he got $40 million, they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts like $9 billion a year. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. If, if Jones is healthy, he's worth it, right? I mean, he was healthy last year. The, I don't know. The problem is he's out of the pocket so much. I, I, I wonder if he's uh, going to be able to stay healthy. I, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen enough uh, good games from Daniel Jones to say he's worth $40 million. Again, making the point for the third time, they had no choice. But there's nothing on Daniel Jones' resume outside of a couple of good games last year well, last that says he's worth forty million dollars. Yeah, last nothing. season said he's worth it. No, last it did season. not forty million. No, yeah, no, he had a good. He didn't have an MVP year. That, that puts him in seventh or eighth, and that's kind of where he was. That's exactly where the market kind of dictated. Well, if you put forty million dollars on uh, one good playoff game, then I guess it was worth it. Yeah, it's not. And, you know. and, but they have and, no choice. And a good season. I mean, he had a season was good okay. Season. It was good. Season. It was good. So not a forty million dollars season. He was number one in TD to court to interception ratio. He was seventh in QBR. You get caught up in all these stats like war in baseball. But he was. He's not worth forty million dollars. One year. He was not coming down the One stretch. year is not $40 million. Yeah, he was I, We've I been over it. We, 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 we know they had the, to do it, but you can't make an argument he's worth $40 million at, for one year. Look at the players who have played $48 million. Russell Wilson, <laughs> not worth it right there. I mean, you've got all these guys that are paid more that were not worth it necessarily. Right. I think he's one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league, and he's getting paid like the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the league. That's where he is. That's where it falls in. It might seem like we're still in the Eli Manning <laughs> making $20 million range, but we're not anymore. It's just a new market. He's the market's reset. <laughs> he's, he's not worth not it. it. You can talk all you want. You got three guys in here. He's not not worth it. it. Let him finish the sports. Let him finish the sports. sports. I'm I'm with Pete Morgan. We're all with Pete Morgan. He sponsors the damn report. So uh, now that the music pad's over, let me get to the rest of the the sports here. Jones Jones deals worth $160 million. We just went over all the details. He's making $40 million a year. But the Giants also uh, uh, franchise tag Saquon Barkley. He'll make a little north of $10 million in 2023. So I'm sure he's not. Ultimately thrilled about that on the hardwood last night. The Knicks nine-game winning streak snapped uh, yesterday in unlikely fashion as the early Charlotte Hornets took down the NBA's hottest team at the Garden by a score of one twelve to one hundred five. Out in Houston, the Nets kept rolling with their third straight win, beating the Rockets one eighteen to one not one eighteen one eighteen to ninety six. I should say on the ice, the Islanders grabbed two points with a three to two win at home over the Buffalo Sabers. The Devils were in action as well, albeit falling at home to the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of four to three. And looking ahead to uh, today, this afternoon, the Big East tournament gets underway with uh, uh, what do we got? St. John's welcoming in uh, the Butler Bulldogs at 3 p.m. and Seton Hall following them uh, with their matchup against DePaul at 5.30. Here was sports again sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. 
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off even by lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! Radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Through the mirror of my mind, time after time, I see reflections of you and me. Reflections of the way life used to be. All right, 646, International Women's Day. Here on WABC, I've got a, uh, we've got a great guest list today. In fact, uh, one of the ladies that will be on, I think she's on John's show later. She's often a guest on this show. And in fact, was one of the five people, along with Bill O'Reilly and Chaz Palminteri and Peter King and Craig Carton, who wrote a blurb on my most recent book, Citizens United, a big one on the back page, New York Post columnist Miranda Devine. She, um, she's actually going to be starring on, guest starring, on Andrew Giuliani's new podcast, which I think does drop today. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. She's coming on today. We're going to dig deeper into the January 6 tapes, which she was on the front cover of the Post yesterday talking about. She was Tucker Carlson's first guest. And, and uh, look, Miranda Devine is the top investigative journalist in the country, certainly one of the top and, and certainly somebody who I saw how good she was throughout the uh, laptop issue is she worked hand in hand with my father. Once the DOJ would not dig into it, uh, they realized that uh, the Americans deserve transparency. And thankfully, uh, the press was willing to do that. But specifically, Miranda Devine, because not all the press or most of the press. Yeah. Mitch McConnell actually talked about uh, this January 6th stuff yesterday. This uh, backstabbing what a loser. scumbag. He is such a he scumbag. He is a scumbag, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I've had so yeah. enough of Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He was asked if uh, Kevin McCarthy giving Tucker Carlson all that footage was a mistake. And here's what Mitch McConnell had to say. Lewis, this is cut number 13. Was it a mistake by Speaker McCarthy to give access to Tucker Carlson of this security footage? My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly, the chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand on January 6th. So that's my reaction to it. Um, It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. All right. Uh, personally, me, I'm tired of it. I've, I've been on record a million times saying it. It was a very embarrassing day for the country. Very embarrassing. Very. 
Uh, it was nowhere near 9-11, Pearl Harbor. In fact, it was nowhere near just an average night during the riots during the summer of 2020. That's a fact. Uh, and, and to keep talking about it over and over, I mean, I, I love Tucker Carlson. I'm on record saying he's far and away at this point, far and away, the best TV personality. But I haven't watched one second of his show the last two nights because tired of it until Hunter Biden gets indicted or Joe Biden gets indicted or Uncle Jimmy gets indicted until something happens. I've read a thousand stories from Miranda Devine. I've read all your father's stuff. I've seen all this and nothing's happening. But you understand that's the strategy. Miranda talks about this actually in the podcast where she says that internationally people already had their opinions formed of January 6th. Here it's a little bit more malleable in the United States. Um, So to me this is so important and remember Democrats wanted to delay this because exactly what you're saying fatigue sets in with people and fatigue is set in with you and so but i'm telling you the transparency the forty thousand hours of this tape it's so important to the american people mitch mcconnell is a guy who thrives who thrives under a lack of transparency american taxpayers pay that guy's salary and guess what mitch we deserve the opportunity to see those forty thousand dollars thirty thousand hours of tape well listen i can't stand mitch mcconnell and uh, i appreciate what tucker carlson is doing and I'm all for transparency. I'm just saying, you know, this story goes on and on and on and on. And at some point, I'd like to see some repercussion. That's all. Uh, at me some too. point, it's been me two and a half years. Absolutely. some point, let's see some repercussion. Uh, and same thing with Mexico. You know, when I hear Karine Jean-Pierre say, hey, we're working with the Mexican government about these Americans getting killed. We're going to get to the bottom of this. You're not going to do anything. Yeah. You're not going to do anything. And thank God, talking about transparency, people like Ted Cruz are out there and others Mm -hmm. saying that the real issue here is the president. Yeah, the cartel, we know they're bad people. Hey, the cartel are bad people. Do you believe that? But the president is the one allowing the border, as you pointed out yesterday, the north and the Mm -hmm. south, becoming a complete sieve. Here was Ted Cruz yesterday on Fox talking about this disaster in Mexico. Once again, two Americans found dead of the four that were abducted and placing all the blame, as he should, on this administration. Ted Cruz, cut number one. Those who kill American citizens must be held accountable. And and at the first instance, this wouldn't happen if we had responsible presidential leadership. Joe Biden created the chaos at the border. Joe Biden stopped building the wall. He reinstated catch and release. He pulled out of remain in Mexico. And what Joe Biden has done is he's turned these vicious narco-terrorists into multi-billionaires. All right, he goes on to talk about, uh, again, the president, uh, maybe the best thing that ever happened to the cartels, Ted Cruz, courtesy of Fox News, Lou Rapino, cut number two. Joe Biden becoming president is the best thing that ever happened to the Mexican drug cartels. It's kind of the same thing with Putin. You know, Peter King's going to come on at 840 and... He's going to say that I'm the ultimate rhino because I uh, disagree with Donald Trump and agree with some Democrat, I forget who it was, that uh, the dead bodies in Afghanistan was not the motivation behind Putin going into Ukraine. I say the day that Joe Biden was elected, Putin knew he was going into Ukraine. It was a matter of when, not if. So I say the same thing. Not only was Biden the best thing to happen to the cartels, but Biden was the best thing to happen to Putin. Everybody around the world feels empowered now, whether it's Putin, the Chinese. And it's not about dead bodies in Afghanistan. It's about him. 
and Obama being feckless leaders time and time again, whether it was Crimea or in this case, Ukraine, these people, Obama, Biden, these administrations have proven to be feckless and world leaders see that and they start licking their chops. It's the same thing. Ted Cruz on Fox. Once again, one more on the Mexico disaster. This is cut number three. The answer is not just go to war with Mexico. The answer is put pressure on Mexico and have the Mexican army show up, arrest these guys, extradite them to the United States. They need to be prosecuted and face the full force of American justice. And if we had a president with with, with a scintilla of willingness to stand up to other nations, that's exactly what would be happening right now. Yeah, Joe Biden is completely, as we know, he's, he's completely owned and out to lunch because the truth is but when you look at... The people who have benefited from his administration, they're not middle income Americans. They've actually been hurt the most. Look at inflation, right? Look at look at the fact that uh, we have a, a border that is letting five million people north and south border now. that are both issues. So this is uh, he is truly as as uh, as bad as it gets when it comes to a presidency. But, uh, you know, I, I still am. Uh, just absolutely uh, shocked by Mitch McConnell not being okay with the transparency. And I've got to really? tell you, I, I'm not a – yeah, I know. I got pretty heated right there, and I still am heated. No, but, what, but, but, but the sh- truth no, is – You're shocked that Mitch McConnell is the no, biggest no, backstabber in politics. No, I, I'm, I'm pissed off. Let's put yeah. it this way. I'm not yeah. shocked. I'm right. pissed off is right. the right way to put it. Right. Because the truth is we are paying his salary. I know not all, not all the deals that he does behind the scenes, all the deals that are probably illegal that ultimately Mitch McConnell is involved in, we don't pay his salary right there. But guess what, Mitch? That's illegal. Look, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but what does Mitch McConnell have to lose in being transparent? Nothing if you're honest with the American people. Be transparent. Let's see those tapes. Let's ultimately go through it. And guess what? The people that have fatigue on it, you don't have to look through it. The people that actually want the truth, that want to dig down to the bottom of this, yeah. we'll get to see it. Stop and we'll get it. to stop, keep, stop keep the people table accountable. I know. <laughs> stop it's better than hitting my head. It's better than hitting my head over here. I'm not as pissed at the Daniel Jones deal. No, I am. Daniel Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan have been this way forever, so I'm not sure where the anger and the surprise is. I mean, it would be one thing if it was somebody who really was a good American and a decent person and was saying what Mitch McConnell said. I would, I would understand all that anger. Mm-hmm. But coming from Mitch McConnell, very predictable. Very predictable. I think. I think because it was. I think it was so important. You had this this day that was look a bad day for the country, no doubt about that. Um, but was built up in Democrats for de- by Democrats to be this September 11th. Right. This worse than September 11th is was described, and we saw it. And we saw look, it was bad, but. In looking at this, we were told a complete lie. Yeah, of course. And, and you look and see that Mitch McConnell, even on this, another issue that he's on the exact opposite side of transparency on, on something that's so important that, look, my 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 fa- I, and it's probably personal, right? My family has sacrificed a whole lot because of this, because of what they put on the line, uh, because of trying to find the truth. So when you have somebody that's the Senate majority leader, I mean, really – you could say the most important Republican, him, Kevin McCarthy, right now in Washington, D.C., uh, who just have no interest whatsoever in the transparency of this. Uh, it gets me pissed off. Should I be surprised? No, I shouldn't be surprised. But sometimes the emotions come out, and I feel pissed off about it. All right, 1-800-848. I love the passion, too. I love it. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Let the celebration start now. International Women's Day. 
Have a bunch of uh, really impressive women coming on today. Men, too. John Katsimatis and Peter King. But everybody from Margo. God, I love Margo. Emily Pankow, Cindy Adams, the commissioner, one of the big three of the sanitation department. Jessica Tish, Laura Curran. Let the celebration begin. Diana Ross, coming out. We start the party. Hour number two, next. dollar could give the feds control of your money get the digital dollar report call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a one thousand dollar credit from priority gold to protect your money or just go to digitaldollarreport.com please note the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice 77 wabc this is sit in friends in the morning no i get by with a little help from my friends Oh, I could hide beneath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring. But it rings, and I rise, wipe the sleep out of my eyes. My shaven razor's cold, and it stings. The Monkees, Daydream Believer, as we start hour number two of New York's number one rated talk show. That's me, that's us, sitting friends in the morning on this International Women's Day. We play this song because today, Davy Jones, of course, was the lead singer of The Monkees. And for my generation, it was an iconic episode when he showed up at Marsha Brady's front door and took her to the prime in the Brady Bunch. But Mickey Dolenz actually turns 78 years old today. And Mickey, for a while was the morning show host at uh, WCBS. In fact, I think the overrated Scott Shannon replaced Mickey Dolenz when he left Pettengill and PLJ. And uh, Shannon, of course, still has a year left on his contract, but um, the uh, folks at Odyssey were like, nah, get off. So they're going to pay him to do nothing. But um, clearly I have an issue. But Mickey Dolenz <laughs> turned 78 years old today, so happy birthday, Mickey Dolenz. On this International Women's Day at WABC, we start the celebration right now on this show this morning, for example. You'll hear some great women. Uh, Margot Katsimatidis, Emily Pankow, the Commissioner of the Sanitation Department, Jessica Tish, Laura Curran, 
the great Cindy Adams, all on this show today. But throughout the day, you'll hear from a ton of amazing women. And that is all the brainchild, of course, of the man, the host of Cats and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weeknight. His great show, Cats Round Table, 8 a.m. every Sunday morning. And really the husband of the real genius behind this station on this Women's Day, the great Margot Katsimatidis, our dear friend John Katsimatidis. John, good morning, buddy. How are you? Oh, I am great. And like I said, you, you got better and better music all the time. I love your music. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But it takes a strong woman to create a strong man. And uh, Margot has always been there. And uh, uh, she's always, no matter how good a day, a day I have or how bad a day I have, she's always next to me. And, and she uh, she is pushing. And I love strong women. Uh, yesterday at the Police Athletic League, we had uh, uh, Laura Cavanaugh, the commissioner of the fire department, one tough lady. And uh, she uh, spoke very, very well uh, to uh, to our crowd. And, and uh, uh, Eric Adams, has, uh, Mayor Adams, has uh, uh, put a lot of women on. Uh, the uh, fire commissioner, Laura Cavanaugh, the police commissioner, uh, Commissioner Sewell, uh, the uh, woman in charge of sanitation, uh, Jessica Tish, who joined me today. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the woman in charge of um, uh, the business integrity uh, department, That's right. uh, uh, Crotty. And uh, I love uh, I love strong women. And, and I'm glad that Eric Adams women have broken the uh, glass uh, ceiling in uh, in New York, and uh, Eric Adams, uh, Mayor Adams, has helped them do it, and and uh, we we try to do it in our companies, uh, Sid, uh, and uh, we had uh, you know uh, Emily Kapankow is going to be promoted now to uh, general counsel, and uh, wow, uh, in New York, and uh, uh, and uh, you know, and you've experienced some strong women in your life. Oh my God! I mean, listen, Margot is a treasure. We all know that. And I've got something very similar in Danielle. But I know you were listening yesterday, John, and my daughter, who's only 18, called in from Wales, from college. And your daughter, AJ, is such an impressive, beautiful, smart young lady and a force in the Republican Party. But putting Margo and Danielle aside for a second, when my daughter called in, and I know how you feel about yours, John, the, the, the prideful feeling... I had all day yesterday was second to none. There is nothing like it, right, John? Nothing like it. And your mom, she is one strong lady. I see where your strength came from. <laughs> Naomi, you know, yes. Yep. If she was in a if she was in a store and in in uh, some crooks came in, she would take that baseball bat and hit him over the head. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because when I was a little boy many years ago. We used to celebrate Christmas, John and Andrew, mm-hmm. and uh, even though we're Jewish. And we had this huge Christmas tree, and everybody knew in our neighborhood in Brooklyn by Madison High School we did that. And one year, my mom came home from Christmas shopping, and our front door was wide open. And she knew something was wrong. And she entered the house, and sure enough, there were two kids inside the house stealing stuff. So wow. they ran out when my mom came in. My mom didn't stop, didn't call the police, didn't start to cry she got in the car 
and actually drove down the wrong way on a one-way street to try to mow these two guys down. I swear to God. <laughs> so that's Naomi for you. Right there. I would do the same thing. You know, I remember we did that. When I lived on 135th Street and worked in a grocery store on 137th Street, a guy stole a bunch of bananas off the fruit stand there. And I was like 19 years old working uh, there, and I got in the car and chased him down the wrong way street for that bunch of bananas. That's <laughs> just like Naomi. And, you know, talking about my mom, I know John in your new book, which yeah. is doing really, really well. How far do you want to go? And uh, you write a lot about uh, your mom in that book. And I know Margot's mom played a huge role in uh, in her life as well. So both you and Margot had very strong moms as well. Well, yes. And, uh, look, I, I like to write about it. And uh, I hope Margot writes a, a book about her family. Uh, and uh, our, my book is doing very well. It's like number one. Uh, and uh, the publisher has just announced they're, they're, they're publishing another uh, another set. Wow. And uh, it, I guess Congrats. it's available. Barnes and Noble in the stores is out of it, so it's available, wow. I guess, on um, online or it's available at uh, uh, w- on the WABC radio store. You get autographed copies if you go to the WABC radio store, and you get an autographed copy because uh, we're in the same building, and I'll sign them and send them to you, or you can go to Amazon.com. And uh, you can get them there. Well, you really, I mean, you really attribute a lot of your success to your mother, if I'm not mistaken, when you dig deeper into the book, even just from the point of saying, hey, look, in between school years, you got to get up there, get a job and kind of instilling that work ethic that you still uh, obviously possess today. Well, she got me my first job. I was ready to sit on that couch yeah. and <laughs> and watch television for the whole, uh, uh, um, the whole summer waiting for... Uh, to go to NYU, and she threw me off the couch, went and got my get, got me a job, and I ended up working 70 hours a week at 90 cents an hour. But um, she was a smart lady, you know, and there's a book about her in Europe, and I'm going to probably have it translated in America. Uh, she was born in Constantinople in 1911, and uh, uh, very educated, and uh, an educated family in Constantinople. And... Um, she was a very strong woman. And, and my father, my father was a very strong guy. And mm-hmm. I guess uh, I'm the surviving son. I, you know, and uh, I got their genes. Oh, you do. No question about it. The great John Katz, Matidis, Katz and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weeknight, Katz Roundtable, 8 a.m. every Sunday. Uh, you're going to hear from Margot at 21 after the hour, every hour, the rest of this uh, morning show. And Margot, of course, at the station, Judge Jeanine Pirro, uh, Joan Hamburg, Emily Pankow, Rita Cosby, all these. All strong women. Yes, yeah. all current. All strong women. All very strong women. But, but the, uh, the coup de grace is going to join me today, John, at 925. And she's the Grand Marshal today. And that is your friend and mine, Cindy Adams. Now this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, John. You, you, you better behave yourself. She'll knock, she'll knock you off. <laughs> you know what's funny? When, when I came uh, to see you guys, John, when you and Margot were um, honored, and you were there too, Andrew, mm-hmm. on that really beautiful night with Frank Siller, yep. Tunnel to Towers. Remember that great Friday night dinner? So when I, walked, when I walked in that night, John, Cindy Adams was yelling at me. That was when it became known to people that I was becoming friendly with the mayor, Eric mm-hmm. Adams. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and now, now, John, 
I know you have the same last the name. Dinner. She takes him out to dinner. And I know. I know. What happened? What happened that all of a sudden she's like me with the mayor? What happened? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess uh, they want to hear uh, what's going on. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, we're, we're not there yet. We've got a long, long way to go. But I am seeing some improvement. Certainly some of the indicators in terms of crime, murder, shootings, those are down. You, you talked about this last week, John. You, you're optimistic about a I'm optimistic yeah. our city is going to make a comeback. Sid, I have to go. I'm okay. uh, going to be on New York One soon, and uh, I'll talk to you later on. All right, buddy. Thank you very much Thank for hopping on today. There he is, the great, uh, the great John Katsimatidis going on New York One here momentarily. That's our good buddy Pat Kiernan, who does the, uh, the morning show there who is a good friend of mine on Instagram. You guys are good friends, you and Pat Kiernan? Not really. Um, (laughs) You know how many times I've met Pat Kiernan? Take a guess. I don't know. Zero. Zero. Yeah. Well, I met him once, and guess what? I was this far away from him in studio, and then a month later, they wouldn't let me in the same exact oh, right. studio because of the COVID right. restrictions. The How gubernatorial crazy is debate. That? The gubernatorial debate. Exactly. Yeah. I was in the box, just like Djokovic. They're not letting in the country <laughs> because of all this crazy nonsense. I know. Ron DeSantis actually uh, said, uh, hey, could he take the train down the floor? <laughs> <He's breaking. laughs> Ron DeSantis is breaking Joe Biden's balls. I kind of love that. Yeah. We, should get, uh, we should get that cut. Yes, Margot was coming up next. She'll be on at uh, 21 after the hour. Uh, let's take a break. Let's do that. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. So we'll play Margot now, the first lady of WABC, somebody I've gotten very, very close with and couldn't be happier, and Danielle, too. So here she is, the woman behind the great John Katsimatidis, the very lovely, loving, and impressive Margot Katsimatidis. Today, 77 WABC celebrates International Women's Day, and we're celebrating all day long. I am Margot Katsimatidis. When John and I bought the station, one of the most important things to us was recognizing and honoring all of the diverse groups and communities that make up New York and the United States. Today, on International Women's Day, WABC, along with the rest of the world, celebrates the social, cultural, and political achievements of women. I am a I'm eternally grateful to be an American and for all the opportunities that being an American gives us. Women today have more opportunities than we did years ago, but that does not mean we could stop working to achieve our goals. I have always admired my mother and what she did in the face of adversity. Women all over are jumping over roadblocks every day and not letting them get in their way. Some hurdles are higher than others, but as we persevere, we have a seat at the table, allowing our voices to be heard and bringing balance. Our world is ever-changing, and we, as women, have to remember we have the abilities and capabilities to move ourselves and society forward. Today, 77 and WABC celebrates International Women's Day. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, we are being scammed. We, the people of the United States. The problem is, many of us don't care. Here's the sting. President Biden says he is cutting the deficit. Even the ladies on The View should know that's not true. But then again, enter the Congressional Budget Office. Bean counters, numbers people can't inject ideology into it. 
The CBO puts forth that the projected deficit for 10 years ending in 2033 is $20.26 trillion. But wait, before Biden took office, a projected deficit for 10 years was $12.27 trillion. So Joe, the deficit cutter, has added a projected $8 trillion in deficit spending in just two years. Way to go, Joe. No president has ever come close to that. For you bankruptcy fans, this is great. Joe Biden, big tipper with our hard-earned money. Also, President Biden wants to raise taxes again on the affluent as he slouches his way towards socialism. But you will never hear him say that because he is a deficit cutter. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Look at this band right here, Fleetwood Mac, and of course, Mick Fleetwood and uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Important to the band, but you, you look at the women in this band, Stevie Nicks, to this day, still in love with her. And the voice you're hearing right now, Christine McVie, who died a couple of months ago. Fleetwood Mac, two great women in this band. This is a great song. International Women's Day, and we just heard from Margot Katz and Matides. You know how I feel about her. And our first female guest, though, is about to hop on. And you know how I feel about her, too. But before she does that, the man, the genius behind WABC's success, I always say it, John and Margot provide the car, but he's the pit boss. And uh, he has really done a tremendous job at this station. Had to fight through some very difficult times with Cumulus, other spots, but he's come out on the other side. And I said just two days ago, the two most impressive Young guys in radio today, by a mile, are Chad Lopez and Chris Olivero. And uh, Chad Lopez runs our company, thank God. And he's here in studio this morning because it's a special day for our in-studio guest, our first guest on International Women's Day. Tell the folks, Chad, what's going on? Good morning, Sid. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning, Andrew. Good, Good morning, morning, Emily. Chad. It's great having you guys here. Thank you for uh, joining us here, Emily. And uh, today is, is a big day. I know that uh, John Katzmatidis just announced that uh, you are taking the general counsel role for Red Apple Group. So congratulations, and there's no better day to announce that. And, you know, and I think uh, if you want to give a round of applause, let's give a round of applause, <laughs> Emily Panko. Thank you. Thank you. It's All a right. big deal. That is a big um, deal. So, you know, it's it's uh, what a great day, as we do these days for, for all communities, groups, and we recognize every ethnicity and uh, a group, a powerful group. I could tell you from just being here, right, in 
just here on this on the floor with uh, at the station here and on the fifth floor. Yeah, there are two women that are very powerful in making sure that it's not just being powerful and using their power to make things you know to to go a certain way, but it's how they do it yeah. and with the confidence and how they make things happen. And I wanted to come in and personally thank you and Margot, Emily, for everything you guys do for us and how you make the floor operate and you back us and you make sure that we're all in good place. So thank you. Well said, Chad Lopez. And uh, with that said, that's a great uh, introduction, Chad. Thank you. Uh, But as he pointed out, you are now the... Uh, the lead counsel, this is, this is a very, very big deal for you. I mean, you worked a, a lot of years and very hard. Even you couldn't have imagined you would get to this spot this quickly, right? No, and uh, I guess the cat let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> I was unaware that John would be making the announcement today. But um, it's very exciting, yes. I truly appreciate the opportunity. I've worked for John and Margot for it's almost 17 years now. Um, you know, 17 years? Yeah. What were you, two when you started? <laughs> no, I'll take that. I'll take that. Jeez. <laughs> I got my law degree in diapers. <laughs> well, that's great. So so what does this entail now? Your responsibility sure. is just more people, more companies. What, what is the, the nuance of this new job? Yeah, so, 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 so sure. The Red Apple Group um, you know, is the parent company of all of these subsidiaries that John owns. So it's really in charge of the New York operation here. So there are the supermarkets, CDs and D'Agostinos. We own, uh, John owns commercial real estate and some residential real estate properties in Brooklyn. Uh, we have a heating oil company terminal here out of in Brooklyn, yep. as well as this media company. And then, you know, John and Margot and the children, they're always buying something. So that's something I've really enjoyed about this job. You never know what John is going to buy tomorrow. So you never know what your job is going to be from day to day. Well, I mean, well, since I've been here uh, and Chad, we've got a baseball team. And yeah, ma- that, I forgot about that. Yeah. You got, you got, <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like 95% of the Katsimatidis empire may be outside of Red, Red Apple Media, but 95% of your work Maybe trying to keep the talent out of trouble. Yeah, it's yeah. harder for some than others. But yeah. we, won't, we won't mention names. That's attorney-client privilege right there. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, congratulations on this, this great you. announcement. But on a personal level... And uh, my daughter, Ava, was on yesterday from college. Yeah. And, and I miss your daughter, by the way, Gabby, down in Florida. Yeah, she's we such all a, miss Gabby. She's a great, great kid. You did a great job there. She's such a hard worker. Great kid. And, and you've got uh, two little girls. I so do. That, that's your main job. I do, yes. That is my main job. Um, and it's an important job as a mother in general, no matter what the gender of your children is, but particularly for young women. Uh, there was a study out of Harvard a few years ago that said that um, children of working mothers earn more and succeed more, and in particularly girls, daughters of mothers. So it's an important thing. It's a, I believe that. I believe that's true because they, 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 they notice uh, your work ethic, and it pays off for them. But this is a job a lot of hours. I mean, you and Chad specifically, um, you guys are here till 8 o'clock certain nights. Then you'll go for dinner. Then you go to events with John and Margot. Uh, you know, Chad will be out at 1030 at night. Same thing with you. So to be able to run this business uh, from a legal standpoint, all these hours, and be a mom, that's a lot of work. A lot. It's a lot of work, but you know what? It um, it means something to me, and I hope and I can only uh, expect that it's going to mean something to my children. Yeah. I mean, in general, I think we have to, as Margot mentioned, um, you know, there are hurdles that women have to overcome, that everyone has to overcome. But those are the things that define you as a person, and those are the things, you know, that we work for. And we all work to have a voice and a seat at the table, no matter your gender. It's funny you say that uh, women have to go through these hurdles, because Danielle says this all the time, Chad, Emily, and Andrew, and that is that, look, women have come a long way, obviously, right? Kamala Harris is the vice president. We've seen women run for president. There are more women CEOs. 
But she's like, Sydney, don't kid yourself, okay? Send with African-Americans. Come a long way, but there's a lot of work still to be done. Do you still feel like, especially in the business world, it's a man's world? Or do you feel like women have caught up? I, I don't think they have. I think it's still difficult on women. I do. And especially because we pay so much stock into what women look like, too. Sure. Which is a bit unfair. You're yeah. lucky you're good looking, but... <laughs> It's all subjective. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true, right? You have to deal with all that nonsense. I think everybody has to keep working, no matter what, your gender, your race, your ethnicity. I mean, that's something that you should want to instill in your children no matter what. I mean, look at John. He says his idea of retirement is working six days a week. I mean, (laughs) we can never stop working. And, you know, we have to lead by example. It's funny. I was in in college, and I was at one of my majors of sociology, and we're in this class, and they were talking about how this one girl raised her hand and said that, you know, she didn't think she could be a doctor because when she read books as a kid that referenced doctors, it always said he, he, he. Mm. And I raised my hand and sometimes I'm a little uh, harsh, if you will, or inarticulate. And I was like, well, that's your parents' problem because (laughs) my parents told me that I could do whatever I wanted. You did. You were were a big-time baseball player. No, I mean, it's it's overly reductive. But the point is that we can't just expect uh, a workplace situation to give us a chance or our family to give us a chance yeah. or, you know, a, a certain situation to give us a chance. My father said, no one's going to give you anything in life. You have to make your own way. True. So, you know, you need to keep working and it's all, it all comes together. You know, it's how you're brought up in your home is going to reflect how you are as an employee, which is going to carry over into the workplace overall. So it's all these different facets that come together. So we need to support each other no matter what you are in every facet of our life. Agreed. Chad Lopez, Emily Pankow, and Andrew Giuliani in studio. So I remember last year we had this day and we had a nice uh, press conference afterwards and a, and a uh, roundtable discussion. I think Rita Cosby actually mm-hmm. headed it. Mm-hmm. My friend Janaya Butler was there mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Joan Hamburg. Yes, there. Yep. And, and they asked all you ladies, who is the one lady you look up to and if i remember correctly it was mm-hmm. a year ago yeah i think you said ruth bader ginsburg yeah am i right I, yeah i often yeah. say ruth bader ginsburg yeah. i mean i think most 99.9 percent of women wish they or you know aspire to be ruth bader ginsburg or at least take her example and try to um you know live up to whatever she could i mean she really paved a way and she did so as a mother with a young baby you know her she was in law school in that situation, and her yep. husband got sick, and she took care of him while yep. she was still studying herself. And it's just those stories in general of anyone who, in the face of adversity, perseveres in any situation, in any circumstance. And that's what I hope to you know, instill on my children. If Homer Bush is listening right now, <laughs> you can play third base for the team. Right? <laughs> I was a pitcher. <laughs> oh, you were a pitcher? Actually, I started out at third base, so you're not wrong there. But I, I was a pitcher. See, I, rem- <laughs> I remember everything. I remember. Yeah. But we do need pitching, so. Get home yeah, well, on the phone, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the way out, uh, as, as we celebrate all these women today, mm-hmm. yes. for uh, young kids, younger than you know, Gabby or, or Ava, I'm, or your, your daughter's age, perfect. For young kids like your daughter's listening right now, what is the Emily Pankow message on the day when you were promoted to this unbelievably impressive uh, position? Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think in general, you just have to put yourself in someone else's shoes, no matter the circumstance. I think too often, myself included, we snap to judgments and decisions or think, you know, we think about things with the lens of our thought. Oh, why would they do that? I would do this or I would do that. But you have to 
be open. You have to listen. And it's when you can truly listen and hear other people's point of views that I think we all grow as a society. You are so impressive, uh, personally, oh, professionally. Congratulations. Thank on you this very day. much. You thank really you very much. I really, really appreciate do. it. I you and John Chan and Margo. are both great. And uh, Margo and John, all of you. So enjoy the day. Deserve thank you. I appreciate the support of everyone. Yeah, congratulations, Emily. Great thank mother. And, and uh, now leading, uh, leading the way, you and Chad, for uh, this amazing Ship that is WABC. And a great choice, by the way, Chad. Thank you. Thank you. Nicely Thank you. done. But you know that at the end of the day, it was Chad's decision. To <laughs> no, 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 everything no. is Chad's. <laughs> it's, it's never my decision. Sid said it was his off air. I don't know what you guys are talking about. But. He's the boss. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Emily, Chad. Thank you so much. Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. about this song the name of the group that does this song is called garbage stupid girl so it makes sense because jessica tish is the commissioner of the sanitation department and the name of the group is garbage yet the name of the song is stupid girl which makes no sense because jessica tish is anything but that went to harvard and has now worked for the nypd department of technology and again is the commissioner of the sanitation department And I was talking to my good friend, the mayor, Eric Adams, yesterday, and I asked, of course, for one of the big three, Jewel with the police, Kavanaugh with the fire, or Jessica with sanitation. And I only wanted to talk to Jessica, and I was really excited that he got her. So on this International Women's Day that we celebrate on WABC, it's an honor to bring on an amazing lady from amazing family, the commissioner of the sanitation department, Jessica Tish. Jessica, it's Sid. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Sid. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. You've uh, you've had such an impressive career already coming out of Harvard and, again, NYPD now, sanitation department, of course. Everybody loves your father, James, and, and your whole family, whether it's Lowe's or the Giants. The whole thing It's just a, a very impressive family. Let's start right there. What is it like, Jessica, growing up a Tish? Oh, man, Sid, I wanted to talk trash today. (laughs) You know, Sid, I am very proud of my family because um, when I speak to people on the street, they say many of the same things that you did. And so uh, I have come from a very philanthropic family, a family where everyone values hard work. And so I feel very lucky and privileged. As you should. It is a a great family, and, and you've uh, you've done very very well. And I tell you, uh, I, I moved to Queens, Jess, about uh, six months ago. But I lived on the Upper West Side for a long time, and I would walk two blocks at four o'clock in the morning to the train to go to work, 104th and West End to 103rd and Broadway. And I was paying a lot of rent. It's a lot of money, and so were the buildings next to me. And I swear to you, Jess, I would have to walk through. A hundred bags of garbage. And sometimes rats would even scurry in front of me on my walk to the subway. So when you start changing these set-out times, making it later for people to put out their garbage, I know it sounds like a small thing, but it's not. It's a huge thing. So thank you for doing that. 
Yeah, it's actually, it's massive. It's bigger than just asking New Yorkers to put their trash out later, which they should because four o'clock is a crazy time to put out trash. It's like, hey, let's put out our trash in the middle of the day and let it sit on the curb for 14 hours. Um, But we are also doing more of our collection on the midnight shift as opposed to on the 6 a.m. shift. So it's going to be a truly dramatic reduction in the amount of time that trash bags sit on the streets of New York. And I think, you know, we have the reputation trash city. Like, yeah, litter's a problem. We're addressing it. But, like, a big problem is the mounds and mounds and, frankly, mountains of trash bags on our street for 14 hours a day. So hopefully come April 1st, that will improve. It should, because it goes, like you said, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Now, of course, you can put it out at 6 p.m., but you're supposed to have a bin with a lid on it. So if, if if you see bags out there at six o'clock with no not inside a bin, no lid on it, I would imagine that would be a, a penalty, some type of fine. Will you guys be out there really policing that on a daily basis? So we have a team of both civilian sanitation enforcement agents and sanitation police, and their only job is to uphold the very basic laws around cleanliness for property owners. So things like don't set your trash out early or um you got to clean. Property owners have to clean 18 inches into the street in front of their property. Like right. very basic things that are just like part of the social contract. And if they're not done, the city looks filthy. So, yes, we will be. We are. We do enforce the basic rules of cleanliness in New York City. We have to. This is the Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tish on this wonderful International Women's Day here with me, Sid. Uh, talk about the cleanliness initiatives that you put into place. I know one in particular, which is important, again, because I get off off ramps and on ramps, and uh, a lot of neighborhoods that uh, would fall into this category, the no man's lands, again, underpasses, medians, greenways. Talk about the cleaning effort there. Yeah, for decades, there were certain parts of the city that were just never cleaned. And they were never cleaned because of a bureaucratic mess around them. So the sanitation department didn't have jurisdiction to clean them. It was unclear whose responsibility it was. And Mayor Adams recently cleaned up that mess. And he said, sanitation department, you are now responsible for cleaning the city. All the underpasses, all the overpasses, all the medians, all the greenways. And we hired a team of hundreds of sanitation workers And this is what they do all day, every day. And they do a great job of it. So these parts of the city that hadn't been cleaned in decades are now cleaned regularly. And one of those is the on and off ramps on the highways. I mean, I'm always I'm always shocked, Jess, when when I'm getting off an exit and the amount of dirt and garbage on the side of the road. There's just no reason for it. So I'm glad to see that. Yeah, Yeah, it's 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 a nice one. the on and off ramps, like particularly there were some on and off ramps in the Bronx. Uh, when, when we looked at them about like six months ago, they were not to be believed. Yeah. They were really, really gross. And so the mayor saw it. I saw it. So we started doing this supplemental cleaning of those on and off ramps. And I think that they look meaningfully better. Still more work to do, but those on and off ramps look a lot better. Yeah, it's so funny, Jesse. Go, still more work to do. I don't care what department you're running, whether you're Keyshawn running the police, uh, your friend Laura running the FDNY, you sanitation, the mayor trying to run this city. 
Isn't there always more work to do? <laughs> like, sure, like, but there oh. is. That's, that's why I've been able to do 15 years in government, never gotten bored. Right, that's true. Hey, the litter basket service, I also think, is going to go a long way in cleaning up the city and maybe even reduce something I mentioned earlier, Jessica, which is that rat problem here in New York. Without a doubt, the during the pandemic, Sid, like I think all New Yorkers saw that the city got meaningfully dirtier. And that was because the Department of Sanitation's budget for the basic cleanliness stuff, like clearing out the litter baskets, was completely defunded in March of 2020. Mayor Adams restored the whole thing and more. I call it restore and more. So we are running more litter basket service in the city of New York today than we ever have in our history. We are clearing more litter baskets every day than we ever have. And the great news is this is a place where we have wonderful data. The 311 complaints about overblowing litter baskets, they're down almost 60% as wow. a result. Wow, that is That's a big deal. the largest year-over-year decrease. Yep. So we're seeing nice data from some of these initiatives. You know, my background is in data, so I really want to see that, and I'm really thrilled by it. Composting. I know uh, for 20 years, it's kind of, it's been, it's out there, right? It's out there, but I'm not sure most New Yorkers participate, care, even know what it is. I brought up composting to my stamp this morning, Jessica. They had no idea what I was talking about, but it looks like there has been a return to enthusiasm for that. And again, that is another way to help really clean up the city. It is a way to clean up the city. And what's happened is the mayor has said, we are going to roll out weekly compost service to every resident in the city on their recycling day. So when you put your metal, glass, and plastic out, if you got food scraps, if you have a yard, throw your yard waste in a bin and just leave it out, and the Department of Sanitation will come pick it up. And instead of it sitting in a landfill for 10 years, 20 years, uh, releasing methane, we'll compost it, we'll create soil out of it. Now, I think the reason that many New Yorkers have not participated in the past is it was only designed the program for the truest of the true believers. You had to jump through every hoop you could imagine <laughs> to participate. Yeah, yeah. What we are saying is, like, keep it simple. Don't talk to people about methane. Talk to them about rats. The trucks are going to roll every week reliably on their recycling day. And if they're doing some gardening, God bless, leave it out in the bin. We'll come pick it up, and it won't go to landfill. You know, last like week. the mitzvah of the day. Yes. Uh, so last week we had that um, the snowstorm. It turned out not to be a snowstorm, thank God. But uh, John Dean was on predicting maybe as much as six inches in the city. I think we got an inch and a half. I'm not sure. In fact, it's kind of odd that we're into the second week of March almost, and we've had very little snow, which makes your job easier. Because I go back to the de Blasio era when they had that surprise November snowstorm years and years ago, and the sanitation department took a beating for what did or didn't happen that day. So the snow removal issue has not been a big deal for you so far this year, Jess, because there's been no snow. Blessedly, it has not. But that doesn't mean that we don't talk about it every single day at the Department of Sanitation. First thing I do when I get into work in the morning is I meet with all of the chiefs and we discuss the forecast and the weather and increasingly the fact that there is no snow. Right. That's good. Thank God. So on the way out, you know, at least five times in this conversation, you mentioned Mayor Eric Adams and his 
his enthusiasm, if you will, in your job and cleaning up this city, making this city better. And you know there's been articles written time and time again the last couple of weeks how a conservative Republican radio host can be friends with a Democrat mayor, and we don't care. We are friends. I think Eric Adams is doing a good job. There's a lot more work to do. He'll be the first to admit it. The first to admit it. It's a tough city, and it was a mess when he took over. But clearly, you are very appreciative of what the mayor gave to you. That's, that's evident during this whole conversation. The mayor cares about the things that affect New Yorkers' lives. One of those things is the cleanliness of their streets and their neighborhoods. And he has given money and resources and people to the Department of Sanitation so that we can provide excellent service for New Yorkers to restore dignity and order to people's communities. Wow. Well, he certainly hired the right person to run that department. You, Jessica Tish, it's an honor to have you on. Congratulations, International Women's Day, on your, your great position uh, the job that you do every day. And please send my best to Josh Goodman. I like that guy, too. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on today. Great job, Jessica. God bless you. Thanks, Bye. Take care. Jessica Tish, the commissioner of the sanitation department, right here on Sid and Friends in the morning as we continue to honor great women. What an hour when you consider Margot Katsimatidis, Emily Pankow, Jessica Tish. That's a heck of an hour. Big 8 o'clock hour about to come your way, which includes Congressman Peter King. He's not a woman, but it is 2023, so who knows? Maybe next week. We'll come back with our number three right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Tell them, Reetha. Tell them, baby. Tell them, baby girl. 807, hour three of the number one talk show in New York. And there is no close second anymore. Sitting friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Again, great 7 o'clock hour. John and Margot Katsimatidis, Emily Pankow, congratulations. Promoted today to the lead council here at Red Apple. And then Jessica Tish. One of the big three, along with Keyshawn and Kavanaugh, police, fire, and sanitation commissioners 
appointed by Mayor Eric Adams here in New York. And we'll get to Adams. He spoke yesterday. We'll get to this, you and I, Andrew, about him talking about the new home, the asylum seekers getting away from Port Authority and all that. But uh, there's one sports story I want to cover. It's not Daniel Jones. We both agree the Giants had no choice. You make them, You may like him a little more than I do. It doesn't matter. Giants had no choice. They had to sign him. Now let's hope he lives up to the $40 million a year. Uh, and Barkley is back, too. That's good. Um, and Aaron Rodgers may be a Jet. We'll see. But this basketball story brewing, and it's not the Knicks, who I'm really into again in a big, big way. Went to two games last week with Gabriel. Went to five games already this year. And uh, they suffered a terrible loss last night. They were trying to win their 10th consecutive game. They're up by 16 at the half over the lowly Charlotte Hornets, like the worst record in the NBA, and they blew it and actually got outscored by 23 in the second half and lost the game. But there's a, um, there's a show on ESPN called First Take, which I like. I know you like Stephen A. Smith. I it's interesting. I loved when Mike and and uh, and Chris, Chris went on. Yeah. I like that. Well, Chris is a, on every Wednesday. He's on yeah. today. Yeah. Sometimes I like Stephen A. I mean, sometimes he says some of the right stuff. Other times he gets a little uh, you racist. Know. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I've told him that uh, he does. Uh, but I like him overall. But you're right. He, he could be really rough on on certain days. But I specifically like Wednesdays because it's him and Dog. Mm-hmm. But he um, he's got this uh, this uh, dynamic Kendrick Perkins. African-American basketball player. I think he won one championship. Was it Boston? Boston in 08, yeah. He was on that Allen Garnett Pierce team. He was the fifth starter. Right. And he played in Oklahoma City. He He bounced around the league after that. He was an okay player. And J.J. Redick, who went to the same college that you did. Yeah, actually, my best friend from school uh, is like uh, golfs with him literally twice a week. Was he a good golfer, too? He's, he's getting better, I think. Okay. I think he's a single digit. He's getting better. He was a great shooter. and he, He also played in the NBA. So these two go at it on NBA issues and leave it to a black guy on ESPN. And I'm not saying all the black guys are like this. I'm not. But leave it to a black guy to cry racism over something. It doesn't matter over something. And in very disappointing fashion, that's exactly what Kendrick Perkins did this week because we're starting to have NBA MVP talk conversations. And the big guy out of Denver who Phil, Macedonia Phil, loves it's like his favorite player ever. It's like Ewing to me is Jokic. To Phil, he's being mentioned as the possible MVP player. And Kendrick Perkins is like, wait a second, he's white. Basically, what's with white guys winning MVPs when the black guys are better? He didn't say it like that, but that's exactly what he meant. He looked back at history at guys like Nowitzki and Bird and Steve Nash and all these guys and I guess he made an argument that these white guys didn't deserve the MVPs when they got them. So clearly it's a racist situation. There's more on Kendrick Perkins, who's coming on this show on Tuesday. <laughs> he really is. He wrote a memoir. Yeah, he's coming on. That's awesome. I booked it two weeks ago. He wrote a new memoir. He's coming on Tuesday. But I'm going to call him a moron right to his face because he is. Stop with the racism stuff. Stop, Kendrick. So here he is last week on First Take suggesting that all these white players won MVPs because they're white. Cut number 16. Why didn't he never bring up this in particular subject? When it comes down to guys winning MVP since 1990, it's only three guys that won the MVP that wasn't top 10 in scoring. Do you know who those three guys were? Who were they? Steve Nash, Jokic, and uh, Dirk Nowinski. 
No. <laughs> no what, do, yeah. what do those guys have in common? I'll let you sit. I'll let it sit there and marinate. You think about it. <laughs> I mean, so he's a moron. First of all, the guy's oh. name was Nowitzki, not Nowinski. Actually, Nowitzki. You could. Oh, you can even do that. Correct. Right. The, the real I mean, German. Right. Really. Right. But but what was the the major <laughs> issue besides the fact that he's screaming racism, which is ridiculous, insulting, and quite frankly dangerous? What was the major issue, Phil? With what Kendrick just said. Well, the, the entire point he was bringing about is that none of these guys were ever top ten in scoring. Is that true? No. <laughs> Nowitzki in, 2000 and, uh, in 2007 was tenth uh, in scoring. Last year, Nikola Jokic was tenth in scoring. So they're both top ten by his Both. both. Yeah. Right, okay. So he's just factually incorrect, but it doesn't matter. Uh, let's not let a good racist story go to waste. <laughs> right, so J.J. Redick is white, went to Duke, and he took offense, obviously, to this ridiculous and, and racist statement that Perkins made. And they were on together. Was this yesterday? All right. This is uh, cut number 17. White Duke star J.J. Redick and uh, this Mensa Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> cut 17. Stephen a., I, I mean, uh, Stephen a., I, mean, I mean no offense to you, and I mean no offense to First Take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. Calm down. It really is. It's paying him like but a million and a half a year. That's probably why. is the problem with this show, where we create narratives right. – that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. You ju- not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, did. Yes, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, hold on, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. Yes, you implied them. We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. So what's funny about that is he goes, I never said, I never said. Well, it's a fact. Well, which one is it, genius? Did you not say it? Or is it a fact? First of all, it's not a fact. You definitely did say it. But leave it to Kendrick to actually say, I didn't say it, and then go, you're damn right I said it, and it's a fact. <laughs> they kept going. Here's a 18, Reddick and Perkins, one more. First of all, J.J., I appreciate you, brother. Real talk. I appreciate you for challenging me on this whole conversation because guess what? It's an, it's an uncomfortable conversation, but it was something that needed to be had. Because for the simple fact is, is this, this is how a lot of former African-American players have been feeling for decades for what? now. So yes, it was bought up. And yes, we went at it, but it was a conversation that we had. Someone no, had to address shut the elephant the, the truth is, it was a conversation that was stupid. It was racist. It was insulting. It's dangerous. And if those African-American ball players are having those conversations, Kendrick, then they're as dumb as you are. But that's the bottom line. So Barkley, who's a black guy last I checked, Charles Barkley. But Charles Barkley is is great because I remember years ago, for example, when um, when Don Lamont was on CNN 10 years ago and said, you want to help the black community? Pull your pants up. Go to school. Stop smoking weed. Young black girls, stop having kids at 15 years old. Don Lemon said all that. And that was 10 years ago. He'd never say it again. Barack Obama's intimated that. He wouldn't say it again. Barkley continues to place some accountability on his own community. He says, guys, guys, let's clean it up. It's very easy to blame white people and government and all that. Let's clean it up. So he comes out and says, ESPN, 
which if you don't like woke, you can never watch or listen to ESPN. They are the king of woke. They are the king of it. What J.J. said there, which is the problem with the show, it's why so many people have turned off yeah. no, ESPN. Yeah, because they're, 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 it off. they're impossible. Yeah. And they'll defend every African-American player, even guys who get into trouble. They're just they're woke beyond any real rationale. Mm-hmm. Barkley's not like that. He black guy, he's like, hey, listen, man, ESPN, that's an issue. And he came out and said the same thing yesterday about Kendrick Perkins. Congrats to Charles Barkley, Lewis Cut number 19. That's uh, asinine and silly. First of all, he, does he know how many voters there are who are white, actually? Or he just pulled 80% out of his ass? You know, I always talk about ESPN disease. A lot of these guys, when they get on TV, instead of they're like, well, I'm on ESPN. I got to say, I got to say something provocative. And you know the thing about it, you're always going to get some fools out there Man, race is such a touchy subject Yeah, because very few people have a pure heart is what I call it. We can talk about race as much as you want to as long as you're going to be fair and honest. But to slander this man in this situation is just total BS. Congratulations to Charles Barkley Duh, once again. You dummy! Yeah, But but look at the success of the networks, right? When you look specifically at Barkley's show on TNT with Shaq, right? They are extremely successful, and they're talking about basketball. They're having a lot of fun. It's entertaining. Um, But then you look at ESPN, and so much of their talk shows have been about this race baiting, about this wokeism, about this crap. Well, they defend them, that's why. And and ESPN is finally just getting a little more palatable with Stephen A because they're bringing in amazing talents like Chris, like Mike, so they're getting back into the sports side of it. But then Perkins does something like this. It's like, you know what? Yeah. I don't want to be preached to. I want to watch sports so I can tune out of the yeah, crazy. I mean, and, and be life. careful when you say how successful it is. I mean, I, I happen to like that show. I like Ernie Johnson. I like Barkley. I like Shaq. I could do it without Kenny Smith. But it's not really successful. There's, like, there's, there's more people watching uh, the Kardashians on a Sunday than that. I mean, I guess compared to some of the ESPN shows, I guess it's successful. But sports as a whole has taken a beating on television, all of it, especially the NBA, including that show because people have had enough because they associate the NBA with Kendrick Perkins and LeBron James and and white coaches like Steve Kerr and the idiot Popovich in San Antonio mm-hmm. and Stan Van Gundy yeah. who are out there preaching this woke culture, taking shots at Trump and any Republican that's alive today mm-hmm. and defending every African-American, whether it's Colin Kaepernick for kneeling during the national anthem uh, George Floyd. That's all these guys seem to do. So, but at least Barkley and Shaq are the voices of oh, reason. I love those guys. Right? I love that's, them. And that's yeah. great. Love them. Yeah. I like Ernie Johnson too. By the way, he's very solid. Uh, here's a voice of reason, African American, Corrine Jean Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> so she's on yesterday. They found two of those Americans uh, dead. Uh, the right. four of the Mexicans right. kidnapped. Two dead. One injured. One alive. Let me ask uh, you, Andrew, when you were working with Trump mm-hmm. and this happens and now the bodies come back and two dead. How does Trump react that next day in the White House? I'm just curious. Well, I think and I could speak at least for when he would go up to Delaware to the Air Force Base in Delaware to receive the military members that would come back. He thought that that was always one of the most solemn parts of his job, and I think one of the reasons why he was always uh, very uh, introspective and really thought about 
uh, doing any special operations with forces was because of that, because he remembers mm. and thought about really the interactions with family whenever he would go to Dover, Dover Air Force Base. Yeah. So these but, are private citizens. This is a little bit different. Remember when Joe Biden um, checked but, his watch? Yeah, exactly. Twice? Yeah. That was when uh, the 13 from Afghanistan Correct. ended up uh, yeah. coming back. So I can tell you at least when you're talking about our service members, uh, he realized that was his most important solemn duty. I would think that would be the case. Yeah. So Kareem Jean-Pierre is out there yesterday talking about retribution and the White House is working towards justice. And it just seems to me like every time they talk tough, nothing happens. Yeah. You know, like Trump, they'll, they'll blow you up, man. He, you know, uh, what was the name of the guy who blew up the Iranian at the airport that time? Soleimani. <laughs> Soleimani. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, remember al-Baghdadi with, him with Conan the dog? There? Yes, yep, yes. Of course. I mean, Trump says stuff like that, and you believe the, him. Which, by the way, the brilliance of Conan the dog, you know, in uh, in in the culture, in al-Baghdadi's culture, a, a dog is like the lowest thing. Yes. So the fact that he was actually, it was a major insult to yeah. a guy who deserved to be insulted, not in, just in this life, but in the next. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant by uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. So here is uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre. I can't stand this lady. I felt bad. Maybe she's nice. Probably somebody's auntie or sister or, you know, she's kind of cute, I guess. But she's <laughs> she's so stupid. Like, I just, I don't have any tolerance. Not everybody could be a genius. I get it. But listen, I'm not the smartest guy in the room ever. I'm smart. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. But she's so stupid. Can you tolerate her or Kamala Harris more? That's a, her. That's a race to the bottom. It is. Yeah. And probably her because she has an important job, but she's not the VP. Yeah, she's not so a heartbeat. I expect away. more from the VP. Right. Well, yeah. you're right about that. <laughs> so here she talked about the kidnapping in Mexico and says, "Don't you worry, the White House is on it." Cut number four. <laughs> We're still working with Mexican officials to learn more and to have all Americans return to the United States. President Biden has been kept updated on this incident. Senior members of the White House has, have also been engaged. We extend our deepest condolences to their families and friends. For the sake of privacy and out of respect to the families, we are going to refrain uh, from further comment about those circumstances at this time. Mm -hmm. I can confirm that U.S. officials are in touch with the families of the individuals, but again, we will respect their privacy mm -hmm. regarding our conversations with them. We appreciate the hard work of the Justice Department and the FBI, DHS, and DEA for their swift response to this awful incident and for their <laughs> continued collaboration with Mexican authorities. Yeah, sure. These U.S. agencies remain in close touch with their counterparts. Okay, KJP. Great job by those people. They found him dead. Um, way to go. <laughs> uh, now, it's, it's a bit of an awkward transition because the last thing you want to do on International Women's Day is to uh, call a woman stupid, mm -hmm. but she is stupid. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Take me now, baby, here as I am. Pull me close, try and understand. Desire is hunger, is the fire I breathe. Love is a banquet on which we feed. Uh, written by Bruce Springsteen, Because the Night. Patty Smith here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. 
So there's a guy out there in South Dakota who wakes up every morning now and writes poems for me. Even Danielle doesn't do that. And uh, so I read one of the poems, his first poem yesterday. Slewa loved it, by the way. Well, I, I don't care what Curtis likes or doesn't like. My God. When Curtis, <laughs> Curtis got a 2.7 last book, I got a 7.6. <laughs> so when Curtis gets the ratings I get and gets this show, which, he's, which he wakes up every morning hoping I die to get, then he can make those decisions. I love Curtis. I put him on three times a week. But trust me when I tell you, he got a long way to go to get here. He was not happy to be bumped on International Women's yeah. Day, Well, he's way. been bumped ten times. I'm even considering bumping him now for good uh, one day a week because yeah. he's annoying me. <laughs> Don't ever criticize what I do when you're four points less in the ratings. Don't ever do that. That's how it works in the radio business. When you are on top, right? You don't. You know, you're the man. And Curtis, uh, on a serious note, is very nice about that and co- constantly says that. But don't criticize what I do when you when you get you can't get a three and I'm pushing an eight. But um, I mean, I'm being serious. I'm not even kidding. I know it's but, funny though. I know it's great. Um, listen. Uh, so now because uh, Curtis didn't like it, and the guy wrote a second poem. I wasn't going to do this, but only because Curtis didn't like it, I am going to do it. But here's, this is even worse. I'm not going to do it. The guy that Curtis bitches about all the time, Macedonia Phil. Oh, I love this. This is so, now this, this is, is great. Now this is so good. now the poem which now. Curtis hates gets read. It gets read by read by a guy he hates yeah. on he a show that gets four points better and has him on three times a week as a guest because he ain't going to be hosting the show anytime soon. Macedonia Phil, take it away. Do I have to read this? This is spite segment. Do I have to? This is. Yes, it is. This is all spite, revenge. I don't want to do this. I don't care what you want. Okay, well. Yeah, you work for me. You do what I say. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Tune in to Sid and Friends each morn for laughs and grins and daily scorn. Sid Rosenberg leads the way with muscles and jokes to start your day. His rotating (laughs) cast of friends are near to add their wit and spread good cheer. Sports and politics, they'll cover it all. Local news and entertainment won't fall. Ugh. Bro- Just read. <laughs> I can't. I Are you going to make it by the commercial break in this? <laughs> Broadcasting live from Manhattan's heart with views that set them far apart. They'll bring on guests, A-list and more, movie stars and sports legends galore. Governors, senators, congressmen too, all make their way to Sid's crew. They're mo- <laughs> their morning shows like no other, Sid and Friends is a true wonder. So when you're feeling blue and down, tune in and let them turn your frown. From <laughs> oh man, from six to ten, he you won't regret. Right. Up, sit in friends, your daily vignette. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you very much. I want to <laughs> die. I want to vomit. Was that, die. Was, it, was that better than green eggs and ham? I asked Lou during the. Uh... <laughs> it was longer, I think, but uh... <laughs> they have been long. It's on the same quality. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, John, out in South Dakota. This guy wakes up every morning. It's lovely that he does that. And uh, like I said, when Curtis gets a uh, three, then he can make some suggestions, let alone a six or a seven. Uh, Noam Layden. <laughs> Let's see your nuggets. Noam. You want to F with me? I'll, I'll, you can F with me all day long. I'll, I'll play. I'm on top. I'm a king right now. I'm on top of the mountain, baby. Once right, Kendrick? <laughs> I'm once, on top of the mountain. Once was a Layden from Nantucket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take it away, uh, Noam. Don't rhyme. Don't rhyme that one. No. It was, uh, of course, today, as you've mentioned, is International Women's Day. And so I wanted to find a woman to honor or learn more about. And how do you decide, right? Because there's just obviously so many women who've done so many amazing things over the years. So 
I found this list of the thousand most influential women of all time. I don't know whose list it was. And I just took my finger and closed my eyes and pointed at a woman. And I said, let me see if I can find this person. And sure enough... Her name is Ruby Bridges. Have oh. you ever heard of Ruby Bridges before? Uh, I, I was hoping it was going to be Janet Jameson, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're missing the spirit yeah, of International I, Women's Day. I, I think you are as well. I guess it's not Janet Jameson. What's her name? Ruby what? Ruby Bridges. And boy, oh my God. I can't believe that I found her because the story is really kind of amazing. So when she was six years old back in 1960, she was one of the first black children to integrate New Orleans' all-white public school system. Hard to imagine that in 1960, Mm. as a black kid, you could not enter a white school. But uh, her family said they were going to use her, and they said someone has to do it. So she had to walk into this all-white school in New Orleans in 1960. Oh Huge, angry mob outside. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me, for some reason, of uh, 48 Hours. Although you'll appreciate this, when uh, Eddie Murphy walked into the Redneck Bar, and of course he was the only black guy, and he uh, started screaming, Phil! Phil! Remember that great? He's the only black guy in this white redneck bar. And uh, I would imagine that this girl felt the same exact way. Is there anything in there that makes that analogy to 48 hours? No, (laughs) none at all, actually. Uh, But uh, six years old, you can imagine, and there's people screaming the N-word at her. They have to be held back by sheriff's marshals in New Orleans. Again, this is 1960. It's not that long ago. 63 years, to be exact. Yes, so here she describes what it was like to walk into school that day. Of course, she remembers it well. Being six years old, I had no idea what to expect. The only thing my parents tried to tell me is, Ruby, you're going to go to a new school and you better behave. And that was really the extent of preparing me for what I saw. You know, what really protected me was the innocence of a child. So she totally didn't get what was going on, that people were screaming at her. She said she thought maybe it was Mardi Gras. She grew up in New Orleans. She said people screamed and yelled during Mardi Gras. She thought maybe it was a Mardi Gras celebration. But once inside this all-white school, she realized she was not welcome. Uh, She was not allowed on the playground for fear of violence. Oh, my God. Uh, White kids in the school would not play with her because their parents told them not to. A little boy said, I can't play with you. My mom said not to play with with you because you're a and so I, I started Jeez. thinking even right then that well if my mom said hey don't play with him because he's asian he's indian he's mixed race he's gay he's white i would not have played with him so in my mind he was explaining to me why he couldn't play with me so he did hurt my feelings but i was never angry with him now there, amazingly so she did okay there was one white teacher one in the entire school who said i will teach her and she befriended this woman who became a lifelong friend this teacher and because this teacher befriended ruby bridges other white kids in the school or white kids in the school started to say oh wait maybe i can be friends oh, with cool. this black person as well awesome and so she ended up being a success. Uh, she went on to be a travel agent, a uh, social activist. She's written books. Wow. But what's so amazing about this story is you realize sometimes things don't change. And she's really angry about this. So the school that she went to all those years ago is now um, in an all-black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was wiped out by Hurricane uh, Katrina. Katrina. Yeah. And they rebuilt the school, a $30 million school. And so she walked into the school because this was the school she mm. went to. This mm. is what she integrated. Right. And she yeah. said there was not a white kid in the school today. What the other extreme? She said, and she's totally disturbed by that. The very school that I integrated, the school that we're talking about, you know, it was hit by Hurricane Katrina. And then 
restored. It's a $30 million school in an inner city neighborhood. I wanted it to be an integrated school. It is segregated. It is all black. It totally goes against my work and what I believe in. You're telling me that you can't integrate a school? Yes, you can. I did it. She did. Wow. An amazing woman. Uh, Ruby a, a, an amazing wow. woman and a great job out of you. What See, I never know what it's going to be, you know, story. prostitutes at the Super Bowl or now you get a story like this yeah. on a day like this. Yeah. So apropos, so great. So congratulations to Ruby Bridges and congratulations to you, Noam. Great job. Sure, that was really great. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Another great song. Lou Rapino, you've done an unbelievable job today on this International Women's Day. As always, thank you, Lou. Let me tell you how bad it is for Curtis. You know I love him. If you turn his rating point around from a 2.7 and make it a 7.2, <laughs> he still doesn't beat me. So, we'll read all the poems we want, smartass. Well, his best friend, Eric Adams, is dyslexic, so I'm sure that's how he reads it. Right? <laughs> he still don't win. <laughs> Uh, the Congressman Peter King is a, is a great man. I love him. We disagree about some things along the way, but that makes for good radio. He's a he's a great guy. Uh, I always say him and your father, Rudy Giuliani, two best New York politicians in my lifetime. And not just for Long Island, but all the Homeland Security stuff as well. Now he's gone on to become a major star on this station. Huge part of our show here every Wednesday, John's show, every weekday afternoon. And, and to be honest... Me and Danielle, we uh, we love his whole family. Him and his uh, his lovely wife, love her. And I uh, saw his son, Sean, on the street a couple of weeks ago. Haven't met Aaron yet. But we do love the King family. Here he is, the great Congressman Peter King. Good Wednesday morning, Peter. How are you, pal? I said I'm doing great. Uh, all the best to you and Andrew. And Thank you. You mentioned my wife, Rosemary. Tomorrow is her birthday, so I don't want to forget that. On, uh, Wait, is that you, you said tom- tomorrow or today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And, you know, I'm glad you brought her up because... You know, she's, um, I love your wife. Even though she did tell me once at dinner she listens to Lennon Michael instead of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, she is smart. And, and I know when I watch you two together, Peter, and when you guys, like me and Danielle, when, when you're together, I can see when you watch her speak how much you respect her and love her. And we talked about John and Margot earlier, and, and uh, Andy ta- Andrew talked about his wife and his mom. Clearly in your life between Roe and your daughter Erin, you are surrounded by very, very powerful and smart and beautiful women. No, again, you're right, and I really appreciate that. And Rosemary's been a great wife, a mother, grandmother. My daughter, Erin, uh, she is full of so much energy. She's down in North Carolina now, but I never know when she's going to show up at the front door. She's mm. back and forth all the time. 
She has clients. She's active. She's uh, and she's you know raising two great children. So now listen. We're blessed. We're lucky. And that's really all that counts when it comes down to it. True. Uh, with all the craziness going on in the world and all the hysteria that's around us, if you have a firm base at home, you can really survive. Not just survive, you can thrive. Well, that's been my story. I mean, everybody knows all my issues that were publicized over the years. And if not for Danielle, I, I don't think I'd be alive. Okay. I know people like to say that, but I think that's actually true in my case. So I was very proud of your guy yesterday, Peter. Anthony D. Esposito, who I met a couple of times because of you. In fact, that dinner that night at King of Umberto's, he was right. there that night with Kyle and a bunch of others. He's out there really, really pushing to get rid of uh, George Santos. What's the latest there with that? Yeah, now he has uh, legislation which would keep Santos from profiting off uh, you know, talking about and writing about all the, you know, the crimes he's probably involved in, the lies he's told. And he's well, basically, Santos is among other things, among other failings, he's trying to use his office in Congress as a way to make money for himself by uh, the feeling is he's going to be out of Congress soon enough that he wants to be writing about it, talking about it, making money off it. And, you know, you have the whole free speech argument. But on the other hand, what Santos has done, I mean, he's put a cloud. You know, uh, people can always joke about what goes on in Congress doesn't want go on. The fact is, most people down there are hardworking. But no matter how you uh, put it, I've never seen anyone like Santos. The guy is a total liar. He's making a fool of himself down there, and it puts a cloud over, certainly from a guy like Anthony D'Esposito, over, over him and the entire Long Island delegation, the New York delegation. Now, they're known as George Santos's people. I mean, this guy is bad. Uh, I've never met anyone like him in politics, and really, the sooner he goes, the better. And I give Anthony credit for standing up and leading you know, the charge against him. And uh, Anthony, again, he's a guy who, if you follow Facebook, he's everywhere all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hard-working, conscientious yep. guy. Instagram, too. He was yeah. a decorated cop in New York. And, that's the kind of, and he, he ran in his district. There's 75,000 more registered Democrats in his district. Yeah. And yet he won by 3-4% on election night. That was, a, that was probably of all the races in the country, the, you know, the biggest surprise to Republicans. Not just that he won, but he really won with a solid margin. So anyway, I give Anthony credit. And uh, again, he's doing a good job. Garbino's doing a good job. Uh, Nicole Loda at the East End who took Lee Zeldin said he's doing a great job. Michael Lawler, we can go to all of them. But with all of that. Uh, Bruce Blakeman, you got to go to him. And, and of course, Andy Donnelly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you got to look at, I'm sure D'Esposito is looking, Lawler, Lalota, all these guys that run these really close races. And they understand that George Santos is going to be the face of Democrats 2024. Their opponents are going to send out flyers. Any pictures that they've taken with Santos are going to be immediately on that uh, on the stuff that you're going to be getting as voters. So they have to figure out a way to answer this question. And uh, strategically, there's probably no better way to answer that question to say, I wrote legislation that actually will uh, prevent Santos from profiting off of uh, said lies. Yeah, you guys are going to have Laura Curran on later. I mean, she's been talking about this as a Democrat saying that she knows the Democrats running for office this year in Nassau County or Long Island, no matter what office they're running for, they're going to make that, their opponent George Santos. I mean, yep. He, yep. as long as he's there, it's going to put a cloud over everyone. And listen, I don't mind a tough campaign fight, but this, to have a total liar, a guy who's a total fraud and a hoax and a hypocrite, to have him in, in office representing our party is absolutely shameful. Agreed. They have to get rid of him. The great uh, Peter King. So, I remember over the years that two things, because you and I agree on just about everything, especially sports, uh, and politically, too. I think there's two things we disagree on. One is Ukraine, obviously, big disagreement there. Mm -hmm. And the other, I think, was January 6th in that 
you do think it was a, a really brutal day, and I think it's been exaggerated to the point of nausea. In fact, I've told you time and time again, give me any given night in the summer of 2020, and there was more damage, more death, more destruction than anything that took place on January 6th. So with that said, Peter, how do you feel about the Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who did swear in George Santos, uh, about Kevin McCarthy giving all that video to Tucker Carlson? I think if he was going to give it, he should have made it available to everyone. Otherwise, it looks as if that we're doing what the Democrats said, like the January 6th commission they set up. Listen, I have no problem with them having a hearing on it and a committee on it, but the Republicans should have allowed to put their, be allowed to put their own people on it, have subpoena power. Instead, it just became uh, you know, you know, just, uh, like a runaway grand jury. It was totally slanted. It was biased. Yeah. I, I think that uh, we shouldn't be doing the same things with the videos or the tapes. I think you should have given them to all of them and let everyone decide, have full full transparency. Obviously, if there's some security issues, fine, have that vetted. But no, on balance, I have no problem with it all coming out. I think with January 6th, what I'm saying is, first of all, what happened during the summer of, Jan- of uh, uh, 2020 yeah. was absolutely horrific with Black Lives Matter. What they did in New York City, what they did in Portland, what they did in Seattle, we can go through all of it, was absolutely disgraceful. And you had people like uh, Kamala Harris putting bail up, uh, bail, uh, bail money up. You had here in New York, you had, I mean, cops being hit with bricks and um, I also have cocktails thrown at them. It was like it was like a war going on in the city, and yet the media describing it as mostly peaceful. So that was all shameful. The Democrats, to me, are accomplices to that. No, uh, uh, January 6th, we have parallel paths. I think some of the charges have been exaggerated. I, I understand what Tucker Collins is doing, yep. with the shaman, or whatever he calls himself. Yeah. I, I, saw, I saw Jonathan Turley's column today. He thinks it was wrong for him to get the sentence he did. On the other hand, see what happened that day. I mean, let's face it, there were hundreds of cops who were beaten badly. Like last night on Sean Hannity, he had the uh, a former Capitol Police chief on, and his argument, which Sean was agreeing with, is they should have sent the National Guard in earlier. Well, if, was, if this was just a mild demonstration or something that out of control, why send in the army? Why send in troops? This was a horrible thing that was done. And the fact that Donald Trump, I don't think he caused it. I'm not into that. I don't think he should be indicted or charged, but I thought he was irresponsible for what he said. But to sit there for three hours. Well, we agree there. Yeah, Yeah, we agree there. Yeah, no, there you know I agree. In fact, I used to fight with Bernie every day. I said he didn't instigate it, and he actually said at one point, I know he said it once in an hour of speech, he didn't emphasize it, but he did say, go there peacefully, and then he did nothing for three hours. You're exactly right. Last one, this disaster in Mexico. You know, Mm -hmm. it's become the liberal media talks about how bad the cartel is. And the folks that I watch talk about, oh, hold on a second, we knew that already. This is more of a byproduct of how feckless Biden is, especially the way he's treated the border. So you got one story, you got dead Americans, and you were Homeland Security, you got dead Americans in a different country, yet the two different medias, liberal and conservative, are finding ways to blame different people. Surprised? No, unfortunately not. Listen, the cartel is evil. The cartel, they, what they do is absolutely disgraceful. That's all the more reason why Joe Biden should have secured the border. I mean, there's two truths there. The cartel is evil. They're vicious murderers, rotten people. All the more reason why we need a secure border, why we need the war, why we need to have strong uh, border protection. And Joe Biden, you, know, you could be a president and have things go wrong. You don't expect something to happen. This doesn't happen. The fact is, he basically, during his campaign, was telling illegal immigrants, come on in. And when he became president, there's going to be a whole new attitude at the border. His, the only policies he carried out was to undo Donald Trump's policies. 
What anyone says about Trump and other policies, the fact is the border was secure as it's been in years under Donald Trump. And we had good relations with Mexico. So he was able to do both. Instead, Biden came in under the policies. We now have, it seems like, no leverage from Mexico at all. And now, again, you add up all of things, just the 5 to $10 million a day is costing us here in New York City. These poor people being killed down, you know, down in Mexico. The people who live along the border, I mean, to have these people just coming across the border the way they do, it's, again, it's, we've lost control of our borders. If you don't have borders, you don't have a country. Yeah, it's a complete disaster. I want to get back to one thing on, on the January 6th tapes, though. In particular, you know, Mitch McConnell was unhappy that these tapes were even released to Tucker Carlson. And I actually agree with you, Peter, that I think it should have been released wider than just to Tucker Carlson and his producers as good a job as he is doing. Why do you think Mitch McConnell uh, was unhappy at the transparency that we're finally seeing in this? I don't know, because I have no problem. I think January 6th was horrible. I think most of those people should be in jail who did it. Having said that, I think the American people should see it and let them decide. Like in this case, I think it does appear is that that guy did get too severe a sentence. He should be sentenced. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you know President Trump says that every, everyone should be let go. No. What happened was horrible. Have the transparency and let the American people see there are different sides and there's different nuances. that You can have, you can have parallel issues at the same time. And no, uh, Mitch McConnell, I think he's maybe too much defending what he thinks is the establishment or the media. I mean, the, uh, you know, the inside people there. Uh, uh, you have to open up, and otherwise it looks like you're hiding something. Mm-hmm. And that's why with Tucker, I'm saying if you give that to all of the networks, all of the uh, media, let them all look at it, and we can have probably 10 different opinions right. on the key parts of January 6th. <laughs> we would. Let the American people decide. That's a very fair point. As always, Peter King, excellent job. And again, want to wish your lovely wife, Rosemary, a happy birthday coming up tomorrow. All the women in your family, all great women, Peter, a happy International Women's Day. And as always... Grand Slam home run this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chad. All right, Pop. Danielle for me. You got it. You got it. The great Peter King. Danielle's actually on a flight right now, Peter, as we speak on the way back from Japan. She'll be home at uh, 9 o'clock tonight. She will get back to the apartment about 10 o'clock tonight. And then we'll celebrate International Women's Day as only I can. <laughs> hey, now. Close your ears, Lewis. I'm taking time. Fourth and final hour coming up next is Dolly Parton. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Now, this is a great woman. I love Cher. I love her. God, do I love Cher. As we celebrate International Women's Day, I got a quick, funny story for you. 
So I joined the Imus show, and early on, they kept bringing on this fashion designer. His name was Joseph Haboud, and Imus would always talk about how he's gay. And, and Joe would be like, no, I've got a wife, I've got daughters, which is all true, by the way. A beautiful wife, Lynn, and two beautiful daughters. But I didn't know Joe, so I thought Imus was, was right, you know. So it's early on in my Imus days, and I'm just becoming friendly with Joseph. And he goes, hey. Going to Mohegan Sun this weekend, you and Danielle should come. And I said, sure, it'd be great. In fact, he said, Friday night, we've got Dan Aykroyd's birthday party. At the time, he was married to Donna Dixon. They just got divorced a little while ago. So we went to his party. And then he goes, and Saturday, I have front row tickets at Mohegan Sun for share. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, I miss has to be right. What kind of tickets for share? And by the way, ready for this? We're sitting next to Rosie O'Donnell. I swear to God. And we did. And I'm like, I miss his right. He's not right. And it just so happens I love Cher, too. But when you have a guy telling you he's a fashion designer, so right away the stereotype is gay. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to see Cher and sitting with Rosie O'Donnell. But it turns out it was uh, all lies. What I miss, <laughs> what I miss bring on Kendrick Perkins, Lewis. Oh. Indomitably. What do you think? Sure. He would kill him? Or? Yeah. He would, right? Yeah. I That's what Andrew so. wants me to do. Absolutely. Andrew. Kill him? Let's, yeah. It's not my let's, style, let's get, though. But let's get right into it. Let's get right in the middle. Yeah, that's not right my there. style. Why, why do you peg, peg everything no, on racism? No, I, I, I'm going right, to have to do that. I'm going to have to. But like, I would, I would argue with like Bernie would, uh, God rest his soul, like, people would hang up and never come back. I hate that. Stupid. That's yeah. not the, the idea of the game is to keep them coming back, not have Chuck Todd go, no, thank you, Omarosa, no, thank you. That's not my style. I'll be the bad cop. Well, you don't have to yeah. kill him. I'll be the bad cop. You I don't just mind. have to point out all of the inaccurate things he said calmly, yeah. and you let him bury himself. That's right. Well, that's, that's what I usually do. That's, how, that's why exactly. people love coming on with right. me. You right. You just do it calmly right. and... Not by the end of the conversation. Just, you're a racist. You've you got racist. blood on your hands. You're stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think J.J. Reddick probably tried to do that, but... No, J.J.'s guy. smart, too. J.J. Yeah. did a pretty good job. He never called him a racist, even though what he said was. Uh, our next guest now has a podcast and a show on Sundays... Fact, Andrew Giuliani is going to be part of that great Sunday cast, along with Ernie Anastas. She's the former Nassau County executive and one of the smartest and nicest ladies I know. It's our friend Laura Curran. Happy International Women's Day, Laura. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I'm especially loving on this International Women's Day all of the erectile dysfunction ads. <laughs> <laughs> That's a line of the morning right there. Congratulations. Gotta, As Mike Green would say. It's our public service <laughs> yeah, announcement, I, I, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we do have a lot of those. Um, you know, we just had Peter King on the show, and uh, he, po- yeah. he said, you know, Laura's coming on. I know she's coming on shortly. We were talking specifically, Laura, before we get to the women's supplement in the conversation, specifically about our mutual friend Anthony D'Esposito on Long Island and his mm-hmm. efforts to oust George Santos. And Peter said, listen, Laura's right there, too, as the former Nassau County executive. Your thoughts on the Esposito's efforts and where we are in this George Santos nightmare? Well, I think we're seeing all of the Republicans in Long Island, especially in Nassau County, running as far away from the dumpster fire that is George Santos as they can. And uh, I was actually listening, and uh, Peter's absolutely right. There will be pictures who's posing thumbs up next to George Santos. 
George Santos is at the podium. Who's looking at him like he's saying something really beautiful from, you know, looking behind? That is reality. You know, um, when I first ran for county executive in 2013, my favorite mailer, anti-Laura Kern mailer, was two peas in a pod. And it was little peas with faces on them in a pod, me and de Blasio. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's politics. <laughs> yeah. And for people to say, you know, clutch their pearls and say, oh, how dare they? This is so unfair. Look, it's a blood sport. You, you, the, the, of course, the Democrats are going to use this and take advantage of this. I, I would if I were running. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Esposito is doing what he has to do. Esposito is doing what he has to do. And, and to that point too, to you and Andrew's point, when you talk about using somebody else, I mean, let's face it, Laura, you didn't lose your election. It's kind of like Joe Biden didn't win. Donald Trump lost. People voted against Trump. You didn't lose. People voted against you because of Todd Kaminsky. Todd Kaminsky was kind of your George Santos. So every now and then, because you're a politician. Not even you, somebody associated with you, can cause right. you an election. That's exactly what happened to you. And things you have no control over, which is politics also. And look at D'Esposito. Biden won in 2020 the district that D'Esposito covers now by something like 10 points. So this is going to be one of the top five targeted seats in the entire country to win back the House for the Democrats. So you're going to see so much money and so much attention pouring into this one race. So you know that D'Esposito is is panicking. He's scrambling. He's going to work as hard as he can. And as you said, he could say, look, I put in legislation. I want nothing to do with him. I'm not him. He doesn't want to talk about that. He would rather talk about bail reform. He'd rather talk about the zoning thing that Kathy Hochul's trying to put in. You know, he so he's going to try to kill this as quickly as he can. Uh, it's not going to be easy. I know the Democrats are going to be calling the GOP and then this election's coming up as the party of George Santos. We've got local elections coming up this year in 2023. So the longer he's there, the more annoying he's going to be for his for his uh, party members. So on with Laura Curran. And Laura, you know, uh, the big stories today, yesterday, really, were the fact that in football, Daniel Jones signs a big contract with the New York Giants. They tag Saquon Barkley. Aaron Rodgers may be the quarterback of the New York Jets. Um, But you have a little bit of a head start on me on Sunday. I think the Sunday lineup here is going to be taking down the National Football League come, come September. What do you think? Well, if you're coming to me for sports, you're talking to the wrong girl. <laughs> I can talk to you about the Islanders, uh, maybe the Yankees, and that's pretty much where my interest is. Oh, you, you know what's funny about that? You and I first became friendly because of the Islanders. The Islanders, mm-hmm. were, they were playing in the Eastern Conference Finals against Tampa Bay the year before the Rangers did, and you would come on and, and talk about the Isles as your hockey team, and I'm like, oh, my God, this chick, he's so cool. She likes hockey. She's a politician. <laughs> And now you just ruined it for me, uh, Laura. So. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was at the Islanders game last night. I, I did a TV hit on Fox Business, ran to Penn Station, got the train to UBS, caught, caught, watched the game, which is amazing, uh, versus the Buffalo Sabres. We, yes. We beat them quite nicely. It was yes. a good game. I like when uh, New York beats Buffalo because it's like beating Kathy Hochul, and that uh, that makes me happy. Uh, Someone there actually told me that. Why do you say that? No, it's true. I mean, don't forget when she dropped out of the ceremonial puck at the Ranger game last year, she got the loudest boos in the history of the Garden. I know that doesn't make you happy, but it makes me very, very happy. Uh, this is uh, the great Laura Curran. She's got a great podcast. She does her own show on Sundays, former Nassau County executive, now star. 
here um, here on the radio. So oh, we uh, you're very sweet. Thank you, Sid. No, it's I, true. I appreciate that. I appreciate your support, and I also want to just publicly thank Margot and John Katsimatidis for this opportunity. Because getting back to my roots in journalism is knowing, how, you know, having been in government and politics is so much fun. Actually, speaking of uh, Day of the Woman, I'm having Marianne Williamson coming on this coming Sunday. Oh, my God. I was just talking about her yesterday. I had no idea. Oh, you heard it? You heard me talk? She's back. She's I crazy, did. Laura. Yes. She's nuts. Well, but, but listen to me. You know what's interesting about her? And it happened on your show yesterday. People say she's crazy. She's nuts. But when she says things, you're kind of like, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. She makes sense. Yes, she's yeah. she's bucking the system. She's saying the people should should decide, not the party leaders. That resonates. That's kind of almost a Trumpy message. You know, you're right about that. And I think I even said that yesterday. It's just her delivery or something about the. I don't know what it is, but but she does tend to make a lot of sense, which both parties do at times, and both don't at times. We know that. But what's interesting is you talked about being back here in media from your roots, and every now and then I'll speak to a young female who's trying to get into this business, even though we think of it, oh, come on, Fox News, all the blondes, and we've got a bunch of wonderful ladies on this radio station, and they tell me all the time that it's still very, very difficult to get into this business, uh, get a good paying job, and stay, especially when we see what happened at New York One Law a couple years ago, where the the older anchors sued them because they were being taken off the air for the quote-unquote younger, hotter ones. Is that right? Yeah. Is it got to that point in this business? Well, it's, television is a visual medium, and of course, you want people to watch. So it's going to, you know, books are important. You know, it's, it's maybe we don't like it, but it's just the reality, and we have to face it. The thing that concerns me is that media is changing so much, and, and newspapers are shrinking. They're merging, they're folding. And so young reporters have a, have a hard place to kind of make their bones, to learn the craft, to learn the skills that can then then elevate them to these bigger positions. You know, when I first started out in journalism in the early 90s, it was great. There were tons of local papers. There were two, actually three, super competitive tabloids in New York City. That's really changed. It's it's harder for people to get the skills, to make their reputation, to make their bones, to then go on to be TV folks. And I think it, I, I think the other thing that's really hurting journalism is, is the division. You know, people who walk, mm-hmm. watch Fox News live in a completely different world with a completely different reality than the folks who watch MSNBC. I wish we could talk more to each other in, in a civilized way. I think it would be good for our democracy, not, not to mention just good for our psychology. Well, well, Laura, to that point there, as a journalist, as a former journalist and current journalist, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, – Kevin McCarthy releasing the 40,000 hours of January 6th tape to Tucker Carlson. So I may annoy some people by saying this. I think the more information you get out, the better. Agreed. And then people can people can watch and then they can make up their own minds. The, the crazy thing is, though, if you watch Fox, you saw the Tucker Carlson stuff. And if you watch another station, you don't see any of it. Right. Um, but also vice versa. I think the people who only pay attention to one point of view, they're missing out as well. Mm-hmm. I say get everything out, make it really democratic, and then trust people to decide what the truth is. Bingo. I, no, agree. I agree. And listen, I, I, I certainly practice that. The mayor is on this show quite a bit. You're on yeah. this show quite a bit. You, you, you absolutely do that. The fact that you and Bernie had me on, and you guys are not exactly, you know, <laughs> left-wingers. No. Um, I thought, you know, says a lot about you and says a lot about the station. Well, thank you. And well, really, that's John and Margot's leadership. And, and you know, John, yeah. 
he um, he wants that. So whether it's you or the mayor, earlier this morning I had Jessica Tish on the program, the uh, champ. She's the great. She is great. And I think it is helpful. And I think it's terrific. And I have to tell you that uh, whenever you're on the program, everything you say makes sense. I don't even know if you're a Democrat. I don't care because everything you say makes sense. And I think all these shows would be better. If they did more of that, I know you do do that, and uh, Andrew will do it too on Sunday. I agree more with your position on that than I do Mitch McConnell. Right, not even close. Right, that's true. It, that's yeah, true. it's interesting. What, so why do people want to stifle the truth, whatever, yep. whatever it is? And and the truth is very seldom black and white. There are many shades of gray, many nuances in everything. That's true. Yeah. Hey, listen, this was another great appearance. Congratulations on your your Sunday show, and uh, keep coming back much. on this show. Thank you, Laura. All right, bye, guys. Take care. There she is, Laura Curran. Check her out every Sunday afternoon at 3. Her podcast, Cut to the Chase, is also great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Great John Lennon, woman. My next guest is all woman. I love this lady. I love her to death. I really don't. She's the best columnist in the history of newspapers. She's been writing for the New York Post for a couple of years. And every time I see her, she makes me laugh. And every time I read her column, she makes me laugh. But she doesn't write enough about me. That's the problem. Like, I have to call her with some, you know, focaccia story for her to write about me. But other than that, I love her to pieces. Star, 1 o'clock every Sunday afternoon right here on WABC. And her own stake at Gallagher's, the great Cindy Adams. You don't have to call me to say thank you. You have to call me to say thank you. That's what you never did. You don't have to call me to have you on. You're great. We love you. You have never said thank you. Well, you know why? Because of you, Chris Cuomo won't talk to me anymore. Oh, I don't blame him. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you about women's head. Do you want? Do you want me to tell yes. you about what it was yes. really like? Yes. Really, in the old days when I started, which was back in the Stone Age, <laughs> we had. I had three guys. Now that's a hundred years ago. I had three guys, and I still remember them. They weren't so aggressive that you would start a law case, but I remember them to this day. One was an agent. One was a medical doctor, and one was a photographer. And that's the way it was in those days. Those were the days in the early times when they started Columbia Pictures, and a guy who was in charge, I think his name was Sam Cohen, I'm not sure, but he used to meet the buses as they would come in from places like Wyoming. You think that they thought Lana Turner was the best actress since Maria Uspenskaya. (laughs) 
I don't think so. Right, right. That's the way it was. But I do have to tell you, you work hard on your radio program. That's why you are number one. Thank you. But that's what those of us who are not number one, but are women, have to do. I have worked all my life, not because anybody gave me anything, but because I was there earliest. I did what I had to do. I've had seven editors. They could have fired me over 41 years. (laughs) But that's because I did the job. And that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. Women are abused today. Black people are abused today. Chinese people are abused today. Jewish people are abused today. Spanish people are abused today. That's what they're doing today. They're just abusing everyone. Nobody is loving everyone except you, of course, should adore me. We understand that. That's true. But other than that, now what are you doing? What do you want from me? Well, I will say this, too. First of all, that was a great, great little synopsis of your career. And you're right about all these people being abused today. Um, Talking about abuse... One of the last times I saw you, uh, Cindy, I it was at a Frank Seller Tunnel for Towers dinner, and I walked in, and at that time, that's when the local paper started writing stories about how a pro-Trump radio host, that's me, was becoming chummy with the Democrat mayor, your cousin Eric Adams, and you started yelling at me, what are you doing? And now it turns out you go to dinner with Eric Adams more than I do. What what happened? <laughs> Nothing happened. I believed that he was not the greatest thing that's ever come down the pike. I still believe that. However, he tried to be friendly, and he asked the people at the New York Post if they could do something about me. And they said, what do you want from us? Go talk to her. So he found my, got my phone number. He called and he came over and he had a drink over here and he had an hors d'oeuvre and stuff. And he was a very pleasant man. Yes. Do I believe that he's a genius? Do I think that he should have taken his landlady, which he did, and made her a commissioner? No, I really don't think so. So I don't think we are being held in hostage by the best mayor we could have. But it doesn't work anymore for me to be evil to him. It's not working. I totally agree. That's it. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. So over the years, Cindy, uh, 41 years of writing this column as a beautiful and brilliant woman. God, you're so smart. Uh, Give me what was the first person before Chad Lopez that you were in awe, just in complete awe, maybe like a Burt Lancaster, somebody you were writing about that you met over the years that you couldn't believe you were actually talking to? Well, when I was a kid, I was meeting all the 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 dictators. What do I know from a dictator? What, do, <laughs> what did I know from a Shah? Right. What did I know from a, an, a, a Sukarno? I didn't know anything. I thought Indonesia was, you get to Georgia, you make a left. <laughs> what the hell do I know where Indonesia was? I didn't know it had any problem. I didn't know it was the 10,000 disparate islands that was the Dutch East Indies. Who the hell knows those things? I don't know that. So what I did, I worked hard. But I was a New Yorker. I discovered not being a woman necessarily, but being a New Yorker. In other words, when you were supposed to bow to a Sukarno, whose life story I did, they, the women in his group would approach him on their stomachs. 
They would crawl up to him. Come on. I would kiss him. Yeah, they did. Wow. The Javanese. And I went up and I kissed him on the cheek. And he started to love me. And I wore bracelets. (laughs) And I brought him hair dye from New York City. That's what I did. But can I tell you something about today? About today? Do you not think in some way we may be going too far? I mean... My friend Barry Slotnick, he was, he's a lawyer. Yep, yep. He's getting a bit senior now, but not so long ago, when the women's movement was at its beginning, he got in an elevator. He was going to his office, and a lady got in the same elevator. It was just the two of them. When it reached the same floor where both were getting off, he stepped back as a gentleman to let her off first. She berated him. Oh, God. She said, how stupid are you? Oh, We're equal. He, he was so stunned he didn't oh, know yeah, what to yeah, do. Yeah. No, the, to your point, it is getting ridiculous. I mean, look, I, I'm a very genial guy. As you know, Cindy, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. And if somebody walks in and I go, you look nice today. That shouldn't have me in the HR office an hour later. But we're actually at that point. People get offended way too easily, which, by the way, is a testament to you because your column, you're not afraid to call out people when most people are. But the answer to your question is, yes, people get offended way too easily. It's no longer fun. I like being offended. It's fun. No, I I don't know. With you're very sharp. I, I don't know that I like being offended. I do it with a sense of humor. But I'll tell you something else. Everything has gone too far. If you watch these award shows, there's no bras, there's no panties, there's yep. sequins stuck up your back crack. What <laughs> is that? Don't you think that that's going too far? Well, it depends. Wife, it really depends on what, it depends on what the girl looks, looks like. <laughs> What, what what did you say? What? I said it depends on what the girl looks like. I mean, if oh, she's... shut your mouth. Oh, shut your fat, vulgar, loud mouth. I've seen your wife who's elegantly dressed. Thank you. Thank that you. is not the way we're I agree. to do no. It's all giving, going it's too far. It's disgusting. I agree. What, what, what's, well, how do we fix it, Cindy? What could we possibly do? Look, I, I don't know. I'm not that smart. I don't know how to fix my city. I don't know how to fix my country. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Not with the guy we have there now, but you would admit this. You know how to fix it because you have told me in private, which I want to make public now, that the greatest New Yorker ever may be the former president, Donald Trump, and he can fix it again, can he? I don't know what, with the, the, the feelings out there, can they let him fix it? He was a good guy. He had a great idea. But I don't want to get on politics with you at this moment. At this moment, I just want to pee on anybody who <laughs> pees on women. That's what something I would like to do. I, I, would, I would like to do all of that. I would also like to say men are not so great. Do you know that a husband yeah. is like a dog? What do you mean? Well, you have to take him out once in a while. (laughs) You have to keep him on a long (laughs) leash, and you definitely have to give him toiletry. (laughs) 
Okay. Now, since you're not paying me, I think I've done enough. Oh, that's okay. a great way to end it. I love you. Happy Women's Day. You're one of the greats. I love you to pieces. I really do. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you too, sweetheart. <laughs> Take care. What a way to end that. And uh, I have to say it. I have to say it. And this is no disrespect to anybody else on today because they were all great. Laura Curran was great. Peter King was great. I really enjoyed Jessica Tish, John Katsimatidis, Emily Pankow. But right there, folks, right there, now you know why, 41 years later, she is still loved and revered like she is today. Oh, my God, Cindy Adams. That was unbelievable. Boy, now it's time for Sid's Take. Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right. Your uh, Which Came First Wednesday edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Contest. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best-built boilers. Andrew Giuliani, our contestant for today's game. Pete and I have been texting all morning, and we agree, Daniel Jones, you had to do it at 40, at 40 million. Probably there are only like three or four quarterbacks that are not on their rookie deals that are a better value than him. Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen. Other than that, you got like guys like Stafford and Prescott at 40 million. So I'm with Pete on this one. He's your best bet if you are a New York Giants fan. Yeah. And you got a new podcast out? Yes, I do. Not that Andrew, because it's not Andrew Cuomo. It's Andrew Giuliani. There you go. And we've got Miranda Devine on today. We're breaking down the January 6th tapes deeper. Uh, you guys heard how passionate I was about McConnell before and the lack of transparency. But let's be transparent with the people about this game. And let's see if we can get a W. Well, we might as well. And uh, today, of course, which came first? I'll give you two events. You all have to tell me which came first. Are you ready? Uh, ready. All right. Number one. The 19th Amendment was passed allowing women to vote in America. Or Mary Curie won a share in the Nobel Prize in physics, making her the first female Nobel Prize winner. Marie. Uh, Marie. Marie. Sorry. Okay, 19th it, it Amendment. important. <laughs> Sid's going to take your head Did, off. What'd you say? 19th Amendment. Oh. No. What are the dates on those? Marie Curie, or Mary Curie in some <laughs> cases, 1903, right, and the 19th Amendment, 1920. Oh, it was Marie. If it, I, uh, if it if was Mary, Mary yeah. I thought Mary was like 1800. Very yeah. clever. Yeah, okay. Oh, for one, on to number two. Yeah. The Jackson 5's debut album titled Diana Ross Presents the Jackson 5, or Kurt Cobain was born. Cobain. Yeah. Uh, Diana Ross and the Jackson 5 first. Ooh. Okay. That was 1969. Kurt Cobain was born in 1967. Oh. Okay. Over two, on to number three. Okay. The Simpsons aired their first episode, or Cheers aired their last episode. Oh. That's good. Simpsons had to be early 90s. Same thing with Cheers. Uh, I'm going to say Simpsons' first episode. Very We're good. We're on the board, baby. 1989 versus 1993 there. Okay. Uh, on to number four. One for three. The first ever Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was held on 34th Street, or Jimmy Carter was born. Uh, oh, that's good. That's pretty close, I think, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that Jimmy Carter's 97. I think I think Jimmy Carter was born first. But close, right? We're like a year or two apart. Same year. 
Same year. One month, actually. Oh, well, okay. Well, that was just an so, absolute guess. <laughs> close together. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Phil. Don't tell me what I can and do. Well, one, was two, one was poetry yeah. on air. Okay? One was two Stop. days Enough. before the other. Enough with the poetry on yeah. air. Well, next time I'm going to do some, one that was in the same week. To yeah, I'm sure you more. will. Don't the worry. sunset last night or today's sunrise? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody uh, asked you, Phil. This is two, not an easy game to write. <laughs> two for four on the number Good five. Good game, That wouldn't help. No, it wouldn't. In an attempt to go three for five. The Jets had their most recent Super Bowl appearance, or the Jets head coach Robert Sala was born. Uh, so, 69 was the most recent Super Bowl appearance. That would make it 54 years old. Sala looks, has a similar look to, to Sid over here, and mm-hmm. Sid is he's six. I'm going to say, though, he is in his young 50s. So I'm going to go, although your body language makes me think, no, but I'm going to go with it because your body language looks better now. I'm going to go with the Jets' most recent Super Bowl appearance was earlier. There we go. Very okay. good. Thank you very much. Your body language almost threw me I off. i got to stop with the body language. Yeah, I just so got to sit here still and, and stare, at the, uh, stare at the ground. Yeah. Lou, so, you're the only person who's done a good job in this game. <laughs> yeah. Justin and Phil have stopped. <laughs> Three for five. My favorite is Mary Curie. A good showing from <laughs> Andrew Giuliani. <laughs> what a great game today. Five, it was and a not-so-witty comment from Louis Ruffino. No. Not, it was a great game today, I have to tell you. Yes, Phil, it's Very a well great written. Game. But alas, I digress and we move on we to the move. big man. Hello? Let's do it. We gotta move. Number one, which came first? The 19th Amendment was passed allowing women to vote in America, or Marie Curie won a share in the Nobel Prize in Physics, making her the first female Nobel Prize winner. You got this right? No, I missed this one. I'm gonna go with uh, A. Uh, the first uh, lady, I don't know. Oh, the lady. Okay. Yeah. The lady were. <laughs> it's not an A or a B thing. That was also. No, no, no. The second one. That was B. But yeah. I think it was. I think that he got it right. He said the one yeah, with the lady. Yeah. The one with the lady. The lady. They both had about. ladies. That's the point of the question. Oh my yeah, god! Both but he was He wasn't plural in the. You know, come on. Oh. on uh, one for one. On to number two. The Jackson Five debut album titled "Diana Ross Presents the Jackson Five, or Kurt Cobain was born. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with the. Cole Cobain was born. Oh, man. Oh, I thought you were going the other way there at the last second. You know, I'll tell you the truth. I really thought it was a Jackson 5, mm-hmm. but lately in this game, when I think it's something... It's been the other thing. Right. Okay. So I just went the other way. Well, you're two for two. If I did so that betting football, I would not have gone to GA 15 times. <laughs> yeah. 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 On to number three, two for two. <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons aired their first episode, or Cheers aired their last episode. Oh, Simpsons first or Cheers last. Simpsons not a long time. Long time. Simpsons. There we go. Spectacular. Three for three. He's rolling. On to number four. Oh, my God. I'm in, hot. In, 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 in an attempt to win today's game. Yeah. The first ever Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was held on 34th Street, or Jimmy Carter was born. Oh, my God. Is Jimmy Carter still alive? Yeah. He's, uh, Didn't he's, you say he was going to die in hospice like the next day? I never said anything I like that. I just making things he's up. hanging in there. I'm yeah. Yeah. Just, no, no, I'm glad he's hanging Yeah, he's hanging around. around. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't he say that, Lewis? No. no. He said he was going to go out and build another house. So oh. Then, so yeah. yeah. You were. yeah. Maybe I said that. No, you did. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I like Jimmy. Did he die? You ask every half hour. I said he's getting. I said he's getting better. I know. I forgot he was even sick. All right. So Jimmy was born. Or what's the other choice? Uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade held for the first time. Jimmy Carter. There you go. Well, Sydney's victorious. Four, four for four, and it's going to go perfect. The Jets had their most recent Super Bowl appearance, or the Jets head coach Robert Sala was born. Oh, it's uh, which came first? Yeah. The Jets was 69. Sala was born in the 70s. Mm. So it's the Jets. There you go. Bam. You said you I don't know good in the game. 70s. What? You said you don't do good in this game. You got five for five. That was a pretty good showing out of you there, Sydney. Free throwing good. What I want to win? 
I win. Oh, that was <laughs> such a hard <laughs> quote right there. Well, I'm going to write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Andrew, I had to beat Andrew today because he beat me yesterday. Oh, no, I beat you yesterday. No, you beat me in the music all the time. Right, right, right. Music right. all the time. Right. But Wednesdays is when we get a good Wednesdays, you have a good we game. We get a good Well, Pipko beat me both games last week, mm-hmm. so I was annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't yeah. gotten over it. Guess right. you didn't have to win then. We can, uh, <laughs> we, can, we, can dis- we can discuss it further at the break. Right. Uh, we'll come back and wrap things up right into this. Good game. Good game, guys. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Great Gladys Knight. He's come to Lou, what a great job today, man. International Women's Day. You found all these uh, great songs. And what a way to end it. Gladys Knight and the Pips. Going back to five. Great job, man. Really great job. Andrew Giuliani, great job as always. Do great, you, great. Friend. Now next week you're back again on Tuesday and Wednesday. Same thing. Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. Tuesday and Wednesday. And we're about two weeks away now from the start of the actual Andrew Giuliani radio show. Yeah. Looks like Sundays. Sunday, March 26th. We're taking down the NFL, baby. <laughs> yeah. Don't have a chance. Don't have a chance. Sorry. Glad you yeah. got your money now, Daniel. Yeah. Well, you should just do it through the summer once the season starts and as for Saturday. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> September. Right. We'll see you in September. You want to be on during Michigan, Penn State, not Giants and Cowboys. <laughs> hey, uh, Macedonia, Bill, for a guy that uh, outwardly hates women. You were great today. Yeah, you're going to get me in trouble. You outwardly hate you everything. You can't say that. What? What did I say? That I, I hate women. I don't you hate women. said it. I didn't say what it. What did I say it? You in said you hate everybody. Yeah, he said it. everybody. Okay, you, you can't isolate women in this scenario. You're clearly mad at your mother about something. Sure. We write, wrote a poem about it. You read it. <laughs> write a poem. <laughs> you're going to you read were, it next time. You tomorrow. did a great job reading the poem. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> well, thank you on that. All right. Dustin Ellick, great job today. Noam Layden, great job today. And to all the lovely ladies, all of them, what a great job. Thank you. Led, of course, by Margot Katz and Matides. we got a big day all day long at WABC honoring all these beautiful women. To my mom, Naomi, my beautiful wife, Danielle, on an airplane coming home from Tokyo right now, and my baby girl, Ava, in Europe. Love you, Z I love you mom. all. Go ahead. Love you, Z and Mom. And Grace. Love and you, Grace. Grace. Here you go. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then, folks, from everybody sitting friends in the morning, to all the lovely ladies out there, enjoy your day. Until tomorrow. Peace. Yeah. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at at info at gobbolaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.